Welcome to Achievement Hunting 101, the pod- podcast that off into the horizon. I'm Fufu Cuddly Poof, and thank you for joining. This is level 172. Joining me tonight is Big L. Um, was that intro some sort of foreshadowing? No, of course not. Why would you think oh. that? Totally coincidental. Powerful with your accusations, L. <laughs> that was a terrible pun, Nate. Oh, thank you. And I think he missed yeah, mine. Was with us too. That's absolutely awful. <laughs> and also joining us because Corey was a suck and could not join us for whatever reason. I think he's just playing Forza. We have with us Michelle. Hello. I, I assumed it's because Corey doesn't play good games like Forza, so you know he wasn't invited to the party. <laughs> I think this is like one of four good games that he actually does play. That Daddish series is not going to complete itself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There are more than four Vayners, too. So you might be underestimating a little bit. Just a tad. But yes, Forza is definitely the big game that we will get into later on. It's so good. Um, but what we will get into right away is our topic of discussion for this week, which... This commit this question was given to us by Doughboy. I'm sorry, Say it right. I said that wrong. Doughboy. Okay. There Six out of ten. That's better. All right. His question or comment slash question. He said, "If something like I don't know, packing a home, selling it, moving your family across the country, and setting up a new place kept you from gaming for a mo- few months, I wonder why he would say that. What would you do to break the time away?" Finish off old old stuff. Start something new. Focus on ratio. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and read a Heiser's answer to this because it, some of it echoes from what I would do. He a Heiser says I would go back to my favorite RPGs and RTSs to get myself back into the hobby in general. Mass Effect, Golden Sun, some Command and Conquer, something I can really bury myself in and re- remember why I love gaming with my favorites. I may not even come back to the achievement side of the hobby after that kind of hiatus, but I wouldn't write off the possibility. I agree a lot with this one. If I were to take a few months off, I would definitely want to come back to something familiar, something I could put a lot of time into, or something I just have fun with. Something like an Age of Empires, or he says Command & Conquer. I like Command & Conquer. Red Alert, that's one of my favorite series of all time. And then, yeah, a really good RPG like a Skyrim or Oblivion or something. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with Ahizo on this one. That's a good way to do it. Or maybe even go back to a couple of, like, old-timey PlayStation 1 games that I just really liked from my childhood, like Future Cop or Einhander or something. Ooh, Einhander. Good, excellent choice. <laughs> it's such a good game. I know. And so, like, really underknown, underappreciated. It's, to my knowledge, never been... Mm-hmm remastered anyway i think it might have gotten out onto the playstation store at some point you know it's a ps1 classic but man that is a game i would love them to go back to i would love a remaster of that game to just come to everything mm-hmm. that is probably the game that makes me like <coughs> shoot em ups yeah it wasn't for that one i'm terrible at them it confirmed it at that time too but there was just something oh, about same. it i just kept banging my head against the wall and trying at least yep same fear uh what about you michelle what would you do to get back into gaming 
Well, before I talk about what I would do, I'm going to go ahead and read Katie Echo's response because it actually kind of caught me off guard that I wasn't thinking along these lines. So Katie Echo says, personally, I'd look to get into whatever game my friends are now playing. If all my friends had moved on to something new, I'd be pretty open to picking it up despite being very picky with new games on my tag. Catching up with gaming pals with no hardest difficulty achievement or a boring collectathon to worry about is probably the best way to get into gaming I back into gaming I can imagine. Bonus points for not having a defined goal here either. So you can just play as long or as short as you want and still walk away satisfied. So what I thought interesting about this response is actually playing with friends didn't even enter my mind when I talked about Insane. when I thought about how I would get back into gaming and gaming with my friends has so completely molded my gaming in the last, you know, 15 years or so, where I make my gaming choices based on what are my friends playing, whether I'm playing the games with them, or we're playing games concurrently, so we can talk about it. And it just never crossed my mind, because I, I feel like if this were my situation, and I abandoned gaming for five, six months, and we're coming back to it, I'd want to go into those games that I found enjoyable before I got really into all of the online stuff, the JRPGs I used to spend a lot of time with, like, going back and rediscovering things that I've sort of left behind as I've adapted this newer, more recent gaming persona. So I think some of the answer is going to depend on what is the relationship to your friends and the other people you know who do game and how that might impact your gaming on return. So that was a great answer. It definitely made me think about how I was approaching it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Doughboy, congratulations on your move and everything. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there too. It's good to huh. see you back in Discord and asking us a question. Yes, very much so. Yeah, get, gaming with friends. That's such an easy answer. Mm -hmm. Especially in today's world where everything <clears> seems <throat> to be online. Well, I think one other uh, layer of this discussion is uh, your tag, right? Would you go back to playing on Fufu Cuddly Poof or on Big L or on Kushmoose or oh, yeah. would you use that as an opportunity to say that's that's done? I'm going to start with a new tag that's either a just for fun tag or a 100% tag or does it even matter? Are you finally going to break out the switch? So it's a very interesting question. <laughs> oh, I would never not play on Fufu Cuddly Poof. <laughs> I've had this tag for 13 or 14 years mm -hmm. now, so most of your life. Rid of it, yeah. It, it yeah, yeah, literally like half my life mm -hmm. I've had this tag. That seems like a sin to get rid of it at this point. What about your answer, Nate? What you got? Well, I would uh, first read what Mental Knight Five wrote, uh, and that is, I would definitely <laughs> focus on ratio, tanking my ratio. Are you kidding? I'd be so behind my yearly goals. Baby games, baby games, baby games. Go, go, go! What am I waiting for? Um. <laughs> I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, literally. Uh, no, I probably wouldn't be focused on ratio or any of that stuff. I don't really have goals. Um, what I'd like to say my answer would be is I would probably break the horrible gaming habits I have and start gaming the right way or the way I want to. And, but and I wouldn't do that, obviously. I would immediately go straight to what's leaving Game Pass, because that's what I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I play those well, games. Well, now, if you took or, a break... Uh -huh. Sorry to cut you off, Nate, but if you mm -hmm. took a break from gaming, and then you come back... Now, I would assume during your break, your Game Pass is like, likely to have lapsed. Would you immediately restart your Game Pass subscription, or would you use that as an opportunity to say, you know what, that was a bit overwhelming, I'm just going to focus on this handful of games here? 
Well, my Game Pass is currently prepaid until twenty, sometime in twenty twenty two. So let's say that you ridiculous took deal they had. a sometime in twenty twenty two level break. Okay. And, just just for the sake of discussion, do you okay. think the first thing you do would be to renew that Game Pass subscription to have that access, or would you stick with more singular titles? I'm sure that's what I would do. Yeah, I, I don't think that I would um, play any of the games sitting behind me, uh, which I should. <laughs> I, should <laughs> I should say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go play these things. Uh, but I wouldn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure I would just get the Game Pass because I love the indie stuff that just shows up every you know two weeks or whatever. Uh, and then I can play and just, you know, I like the new shiny. Uh, so that's, I, I'm sure that's what I would do. Um, the other thing I might do is sometimes when um, I'm away and not really gaming, I'm doing a little bit of gaming, like I'm playing Ori or I'm playing, um, you know, whatever else. Or maybe I'll finish up that thing on the system that doesn't have achievements, like the Switch. Um, like that I'll take with me. Like, so maybe I'll put some more time into Metroid, Metroid Dread, um, those sorts of things. Maybe I'll finish that up and then go back to, um, to Xbox. But for the most part, um, yeah, I'd probably go back to, you know, what's on game pass and just jump right back into it. Uh, I'm not so worried about my score or my ratio or any of that stuff, but I do like playing new games, uh, often. <coughs> so, uh, I think that's how I'd, uh, I'd hit the ground running again. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing if not clickable. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, actually, before I give my response, uh, Rocker Dude, is he on the line? Uh, yeah, hi, Big Al. Um, just want to say that you are so handsome and smart, and I know you definitely got on time, uh, ready to record, waiting for those other guys. Oh, very. that's true, Corey. Thank you. Um, oh, uh, Big L, I love you. Oh, thanks, bud. Uh, anyway, I would get a new game, something that really looks interesting to you despite its list. Uh, for me, that'd be something colorful, yay, smaller in nature, uh, compared to that of uh, an open sandbox-type game, y'all, and something of a mediocre to good quality. And uh, I promise to watch Princess Bride in the next decade or two. Right. Thanks, Corey. So yeah, um, that was quite the message from Corey. Yeah, it was very point- I, poignant. Felt like he was, he was so emotional. Right here. Yeah, yeah, lovey dovey. He's a good guy, you know, when he's wants to be <laughs> emotional now. Uh, yeah, so a smaller in nature game. Well, interesting, interesting. We have another one from Wild West 08. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he says, hey, I am doing this right now as we get ready to sell our house and possibly build a house with a game room. I would probably keep a streak alive if possible and focus on games I've already started. At that time in my life, I wouldn't want to try to learn something new when I would be devoting less time to it. All right. So congrats to you as well, Wild West. And and of course to Doughboy for hypothetically uh, moving from, you know, a lovely state such as Pennsylvania. I just hope you didn't move to anywhere kind of strange like Florida or something. I don't think, you know, 
that would happen, hopefully. Nah, he would never do that. I hope not, because that's just icky. So, I mean, I know someone else that moved recently and was able to still maintain his streak and play every day, but I digress. Who was that? Um, I don't know. Some some guy. That was across... Someone County, with the, not across someone the country. Bridge. You crossed a bridge. Like it's, someone, it's a little different. A some, little different. I didn't say it was me. I just know someone who oh, did okay. that. Oh, okay. Someone, someone uh, with a great accent. That's the only hint you got. Well, it definitely wasn't L right, then. Exactly. <laughs> um, probably someone in Australia. Well, if it were me <laughs> that crossed a couple of states, <laughs> where apparently there's no internet or electricity or Anything else? I would hope. I think I would do the opposite of what Corey did and probably start a long project. Really? I think so. At least that's what I would like to do. Hmm. Realistically, I would play the same way, but what I would want to do is start a long project and maybe have the gaming with friends thing on the side. A side project like. Forza Horizon 5, for example. Like, just naming a random game that probably won't be talking about too much. So I know Oliver's a little bit young to hold a controller yet, so we'll put that aside for you. But for for Nate and Elle, <laughs> like, how would gaming with your children factor into that decision? Would it at all? Like, would that would they just be off doing their own thing, you think? Or do you think they you'd use that as an opportunity to go back and revisit some stuff with them? Um, no. I think I'd rather play with Oliver <laughs> sure, at this point than my kids. And uh, no, I mean, I don't know what you mean. Like, break well, out the in, pie, right? Break out like, the would switch. your first post cross country move be like, here, we're going to sit down and work on this thing together? Would that be another entryway to get back into gaming after abandoning it for a few months? Sure. Maybe. Like, <laughs> Definitely, I, maybe. Possibly. I'm not sure what would... I mean, the only thing that would make me stop gaming for a couple months would be like a hospital stay <laughs> where I was allergic to electronics. Um, or maybe broke all my hands um, and maybe my feet and maybe the ability to hold a pen in my mouth. I mean, that would probably be the only thing that would keep me <laughs> I'm gaming for that long. Some people but, in November uh, are allergic to nuts. I don't understand why, but this is what happens. <laughs> Roll your eyes at me. <laughs> Nate would immediately just go get the, the Microsoft accessibility controller. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what happened to him, it, he would yeah. still play. It is a different world now, right? Because if you're dedicated to the pursuit of continuing to play your games, you're going to play them on xCloud. You can get them perfectly fine on a browser or no on your phone. No one does that, Michelle, please. Uh, no one does that, I know. We, we have, have no stories coming TVs. up about that. But, Come on. Um, no one does but that. But yeah, I think this question plays very differently, though, six years ago when that's that's not the case. And we can't access all of our gaming as easily as we can now. Now, now, really, my answer would be, Doughboy, get in a party and do something with us. That, that's my answer. Do something. Do something go. when you can, when you're back. Jump in a party. Do something. We'll, we'll find something. Zombie Ar- Army Trilogy. It's not like he's in the <laughs> East Coast with the rest of us. Yes. Yeah, Doughboy. That was a great question, though. Yeah. It was hypothetical, though. 
Hypothetically, I hope that gave you some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) We hope. All right. We hope you make it to 100,000 gamer score soon, to a boy. (laughs) Wait, I'm ahead of somebody? Holy crap. I have to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> in, say, I don't even believe you. And you've got to put in a little don't data look. verification music here while, while Nate <laughs> looks this <laughs> Now I don't have to. L did it for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into the game showcase. Let's start talking about some. Uh, he has just over two foofs. Oh, okay. Okay, so we're neck and neck. All right, like I said, let's get into some real games. Uh, just go down the list. Nate, tell me about some unpacking. Sure. Uh, wow, what a fitting game <laughs> for no Boy's question. I did not even plan that. That's just that's just how that's just how the world, you know, the universe works. Sometimes just gives you gifts. Um, so yes, I played a little game on Game Pass called Unpacking uh, that I had heard about, uh, and I was. Um, probably more interested in than you would originally think just because somebody said that, you know, it's got, you know, emergent gameplay, meaning that this game tells a story and that story is different for everybody because there is no story and (laughs) there's no like story. There's no story that's narrated to you. You're not reading really um, any sort of, uh, you know, thread through the thing. Basically, as far as the reading goes, there's maybe a paragraph in the entire game. And like each one of these chapters has like a little sentence, like finally my own room. That's the very first level. And you are (laughs) uh, a kid and you're moving into your very first room. Uh, You don't see yourself. All you see is the room in front of you. You can't pan around the room or whatever. Um, It's just, it's static. It's right there in front of you. I think you can zoom in, zoom out. You then have a box on the floor or a series of boxes and you click on the box to open it, and then um, as soon as you do that, an item appears uh, at your cursor. Now, uh, you can play this on PC, you can play this on Xbox. I played both. I played it on PC first to completion, and then I went back and did it on uh, the Xbox just to see what a controller would be like. Uh, it's not bad. Um, you, you just move things around with your left stick. You select with the A button, and if you want to rotate or interact with something, you press B. Uh, if you want to switch from... Uh, I guess room to room, you use the shoulder buttons. Very, you know, very intuitive. It's not too bad. Uh, and but with the uh, with the mouse, you're just clicking and moving all the time. You can get exact placement where you want things and things like that. Even though for the most part, when you're when you're snapping things, there's uh, there's a grid. You don't see the grid, but it's there. Like this tabletop can take four items, or it can take like a kind of like a Diablo management system. This thing's like two units tall, uh, three units wide, or you can replace it with like three. Uh, two two unit, but one unit wide. It's too much math. Sorry. Uh, so <laughs> you, you, can, you basically just juggle things around and uh, and try to get things to fit in the smallest space possible. Um, your goal in that first room is just unpack everything. Just put stuff around the room. Just do it. Uh, and when you're done, you'll get a little golden star, and you can move on to the next room. Uh, as you earn achievements, um, some of these units will be you know just progression. Just get through this room. Just get through that room. There will also be special things that you can do. And I don't want to ruin that. Those are kind of fun when they happen. Uh, and you can also just play with the stuff in the room um, a little bit. Some, some of the things are interactive. Not not a whole lot, but some of the things are. So that's just kind of fun when an achievement pops up and you're like, oh, awesome. I did a thing. That's pretty cool. Um, huh. What's interesting is that each move 
is a snapshot in time in the life of this character. So the first move is your first room. <clears throat> the second move is your first room in college. Which is pretty cool. That's a pretty big step, right? Um, so you, as you're going through all these moves, and then you have your move after college into your first apartment, and a couple other ones, right? And um, what you see are the things that you're moving from that old life into the new life or the new stage. So it's really kind of interesting to see, okay, well, what did I, you know, what was carried from here to here or like what's new now or what is still there, but it's really used like items can be aged as they go through from move to move. And that's pretty cool. And that kind of tells a story that is, you know, kind of colored or shaded by your experiences it's not told to you because you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. What is this person like? And you can see common threads going from like this move to this move to this move. Some items make it all the way to the end. Other items get dropped, you know, immediately. Or they only go two moves or whatever. Or they get replaced. And you see a thing, oh, this thing got replaced with this. Or this whole collection started to be added to as time went on. That's pretty cool. Um so there's this cool little teddy bear stays with you out here. There are certain stuffed animals that you start off with, and some of them make it pretty far into the whole process, and that's kind of cool. Um, it's also interesting that the packaging changes as well. Um, there's a certain stage in your life where you do all your moves yourself with like a garbage bag, right? You're just like, I gotta move <laughs> just everything in the garbage bag, just go, just get out before the cops get here. And then the other is like you have um, your own boxes and stuff. And then a little bit later in the game, you have a moving company, obviously, because the boxes have changed. And that just kind of tells you where that person is in their life. And that's pretty cool. Um, I, I kind of like that storytelling, the way that was done. Uh, that, that's pretty much the game. It's very short. It didn't take me um, too long. It says it took me three hours and 22 minutes. The estimate is one to two. Um, and, yeah, I had a good time Ooh, with it. Took your time. Kind of got a little bit old with the mouse moving things around. I think it would probably get kind of old with the controller as well if you're just doing it in one big sit sit down. But if you're doing it in like a little, you know, you sit down, you do a room at a time uh, or a move at a time, uh, that might be the way to play it. Um, there is one bad thing. There's an accessibility option uh, that allows you to turn off um, having to put things in the proper place. Sometimes you'll get items in a box in the kitchen that belongs in the bedroom. Like you have a boot and it's like, what is this boot doing in the kitchen box? Like, I don't know, but that's how moves work sometimes. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so you have to take it from there and just, you know, switch rooms to the bedroom and then put it in the closet. When you turn that accessibility option off, you can drop it in the, you know, in the bathroom, you can leave a boot in the bathroom on the floor and it would be fine. Are you a monster? Why would you do that? <laughs> and they wouldn't, uh, and they wouldn't, ping, uh, you know, ding you for that. Uh, at the very, very end of the game, if you're not using that option or at the very end of a move, the rooms will flash. You can look at a map that shows you all the rooms in, in whatever place you are, and they'll flash red. And when you go to that room, the items that are in the wrong place will flash red, and you can figure out where they go. That's part of the puzzle. If you don't like that, turn that accessibility option off, and you can zoom through the game and get your 1,000 gamer score in no time. But, um, but yeah, that's unpacking. Is it colorful? <clears throat> Is it colorful? <laughs> it is colorful. It's kind of a pixel art. I don't want to say pixel art. So it's not like 8-bit, but it's kind of like clip art-ish. It's more clip art-ish. Um, yeah, clip art's a good way to put it. Then like 8-bit. Yeah, one mm -hmm. of the, f the first things I saw about this game was some of the 
I don't know if this is what you were trying to hold off on as a fun surprise, but there are some old consoles that you can see when playing the game. Yeah, there's old consoles. There's controllers that are obviously for that console. Yeah. Um, I yeah. saw an article that says that uh, people keep putting their the GameCube in the kitchen because they think it's a household <laughs> appliance. <laughs> the younger gamers. Uh, <laughs> I can, come I, on now. Even I'm not young enough to know that. I can see that. It would be nice if every item had like a tag next to it that tells you what it was. They were. I'm not a girl. Not a woman. Uh, and a lot of the, the boxes that were in the bathroom, I had no idea what they were. So I was like, would I want this out in the open? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm gonna, anything I don't know about, anything I don't know about is going in a, in a drawer or it's underneath the thing. The and that seemed to get me through the level. So this game sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's okay. So you're like graded at the end of the level based on where things go, or you just you're have not to- graded. It's, it's a pass fail system. Okay. Is it timed, or you just have as much time as you want to do it? Well, just go in, have fun, explore, do whatever you want. Make the room as nice as you want. <clears throat> make it the way you would want it, or just put things in places and, and move on. This sounds like another just do a bit before bed. Type just, game. You can totally do that. Just pass the yep. little kid test. Sure, yeah. There's there's no, there's nothing in this game that is um, you know you'd want to shield your kids from. <laughs> you can't tell what it is. Is Game it a GameCube or is it a Blender? I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's blue and you a little bit of red. Too confused. So maybe some gray. Yeah, this is one that's kind of like on my list. I've, I mean, I think it was Corey that first talked about it. When he first, whoever it was that first talked about it, it's like, ah, oh, this seems interesting. I mean, this is not the, necessarily yeah. like a big time game, but like. This is the like beauty just, of Game Pass. This is a $20 game. And that's twenty dollars. That no one would pay twenty dollars for, but yet it's on Game Pass. People will actually try it. I think. I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I was actually intending to ask you about that. That the game right now, Unpacking, has twenty six thousand tracked gamers. Did you have a vibe that that many people would have tracked it without Game Pass? But it sounds pretty clear, especially at the price tag. <laughs> there's, there's, no no. Way. <laughs> there's no way. Maybe twenty six. I like that's a score. Not a chance. Scores a three point six. I think that's great. I'm surprised. Wow. I'm surprised that, that uh, our class of gamer <laughs> achievement hunters are giving it a 3.6, probably because of the accessibility mode. But well, um, in general, there aren't that many Game Pass games that are super easy 1,000s, right? Like there, there are a few that you can get a bunch out of, but mm-hmm. this one seems to be reasonably fun to play. And even like you said, playing naturally took about three and a half hours without the mm-hmm. accessibility options. So there are not a lot of games that fit that category. So that'll give it a bump amongst most TA folks. And it seems, it sounds like it's got a pretty good base to start from even before all that. Yeah. I think achievement hunters would be annoyed by this game if they were just going in just for the gamer score, Mm. because you'd have to turn that option on and just start chucking stuff in corners and whatever. Uh, And then the achievements would be like, okay, well, I have to put the thing near the thing and I have to do this over here. It's like, okay, well, which one is which? Well, if you weren't paying attention, you're just throwing things on the floor. Now you have to like look for it. Um, whereas if you're just kind of picking an item up, looking at it, maybe spinning it, saying, oh, I'm going to put this on the shelf. Or, this clearly goes, um, I don't know, in this drawer, and then I'm going to close the drawer. And I'll never see it again. Um, <laughs> Did you have to the go- other thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And that's the other thing. Is sometimes the places you move to already have things there. Um, so it's not like you're moving into a bare room. You're not moving any furniture, number one. You're just moving knickknacks and things. Uh, Movie furniture is a different game. Yeah, exactly. 
and we've talked about that game before, I think. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you're just, you're basically just moving things around in the furniture that exist. Sometimes those things are packed with things and you're just kind of moving stuff into it, trying to find a spot. Other times you're, you know, you have a completely um, blank canvas to uh, paint upon. So I'm looking at the achievements on TA and I'm noticing that most of them have four solutions at minimum and it's four different video guides. Do you think oh. any video guide is necessary for this? Wow. Or you, Absolutely it, not. Okay. Absolutely not. Did, were you, did you have to go back to levels to wrap things up or did you get everything in, in sequence, like start to finish? I did have to go back to one level because I didn't know what an item was. Okay. Um, yeah. There, there's this one thing where you have to put a particular item in a, in a you know, any number of places, but I didn't realize what that thing was. And I just said, Oh, okay. I'll put it under the bed. Um, <laughs> and that, that was fine, but it didn't get me an achievement. Okay. TA needs a new genre of just Zen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, stuff this, like this glass masquerade. Absolutely. This totally there. fits. You can do this while you're editing. Um, and then, <laughs> Now that's my kind of game. The no, state wait, of your uh, the state of your room uh, is saved. So you, if you put the game down, mm-hmm. everything you moved is where it was. Uh, if you go back to that after you've beaten the level, everything's where it was. You can choose to move things around. You can choose to save. You can choose to cancel the, the changes you made. I think there's three saves in the game, so you could have three different. You know, if you got a whole bunch of people playing on the same console, you can have your own game going. Um, and then when you're done, you can just blow that data away and, and play again if you want. But for the things where you had to go back and like, oh, I have to have this very specific criteria. Okay, cool. Uh, even though I've already unpacked everything, I can just move the things to the place, get the achievement, and cancel out. I know this is a random aside, uh, mm-hmm. but I've cheated already. So for the rest of you, <laughs> Nate, you might already know. All right. What Based on Nate's description of this game, what genre do you think it falls in to on TA? Because there I've isn't a Zen genre. Um... I haven't looked. I'll tell you what, it's wrong. Does that help you? It, it seems Action wrong from what you're... Adventure. You think? Close? No. Naval. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. exactly sure Point where click. I would put it, but it's simulation, which doesn't seem... I mean, I guess you're it simulating putting things in the room. Wrong. I would think more puzzle. You're simulating your unpacking. Like I thought it was a puzzle. Yeah, I would think like a puzzle. I saw, I saw a simulation and went. Mm. It's not a difficult puzzle. It's like a five-piece jigsaw puzzle. Like it's not. <laughs> you're gonna get it. You know, it's uh, it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. Simulation's not necessarily wrong, but it also just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. Now, can you uh, have a ten-year-old Iron Man cup um, sitting in your by your computer? No one would do that. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> that would be silly. No one would do that. It's Robin. <laughs> but it is It is funny. I, I mentioned that. Like, you'll see a thing move from place to place that makes absolutely no sense. Like, why would I still be holding on to that thing when I'm in my 20s? <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of fun. I feel attacked. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I didn't mean your cup. I mean, I mean, your hypothetical cup. I didn't mean that. Oh, we're back to hypotheticals again. Yes, back to hypotheticals. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, that was unpacking. Yeah, we unpacked that game. Oh. So unpack. All right, uh, Michelle. What about your game? What do you want to bring up? All right. Um, I wanted to actually talk about a game that I I know has been discussed in some context 
before, but it was some time ago, so I want to come back to it. And that is Beyond Eyes. Uh, Elle, I know you've played it. Nate, I'm pretty sure you have. Kenny, have you played this at all? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, that you've been in a couple contests in the years since it's been released. You might have stooped to that level. <laughs> okay, fair. No, this, that, I have not check this game out whatsoever so beyond eyes if you are not familiar with it is a game that essentially explores what it's like to explore space when you are blind in the story of the game this little girl's cat runs away and she's trying to find the cat but she can't see so i went back to beyond eyes for contest reasons of course and i immediately was frustrated by how slowly you moved i don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys remember this yep but you move very very slow and i found myself as i was playing the game thinking is this a negative of the game or a negative of the way that i'm expecting to interact with a game because taking the game's premise again if you are blind if you shut your eyes and you're trying to explore an area you've never been through before you're not jogging at full tilt, <laughs> right? No, that's a terrible idea. You're stutter stepping. You're holding your hands out from one side to the other. And that's essentially how Beyond Eyes plays. You walk, and as you walk very slowly, the world draws in around you. And as uh, certain effects happen, so for example, it rains at some points, the world that you've drawn based on your experience walking through, some of it washes away. Because now the rain has affected your understanding of the world around you. So I'm only bringing this up briefly to say that it was it was interesting playing it at this point and thinking about it as sort of an argument for games as art or games as experience in that way. Because as a video game, when you think of a video game, there's not a whole lot there. But if you take a step back and don't get frustrated at it because you're not running full speed and you're not jumping over things and think about where the developers were trying to put you, it actually was an interesting experience. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but it's an easy 1K. And, and once again, I think if you take it back, it is pretty. The The graphics draw in very nicely and all that. Um, and I did finally finish it. I wound up not using a guide. I had started with a video guide, but once again, character walks real slow. It's very easy to get lost in the, in the videos. So just take the time, walk around, figure out the spaces. There's a chapter select. You can go back and pick up things you miss pretty easily. Uh, but it it is interesting to take a step back and think about it as not a video game and as an experience. So that was my takeaway. Yeah, it's uh, it's different, especially with the artwork as well. Mm-hmm. I can see a lot of people in the Discord being interested in this game, but well, my initial not necessarily it doesn't too jump late. Out <laughs> well, my initial reaction was to. You know, jump and holler about how slow it moves and how frustrating it is that you can't just, you know, I want to go scare these birds or whatever. And why I have to walk all the way around town at a speed that's very, very slow so I can pick up one piece of bread to walk all the way back around and throw it to the birds. But it's not supposed to play differently. So it's doing what it means to do. Well, I hope nobody actually wants to play this that haven't that hasn't yet because it has been removed from the Microsoft Store. So. Yeah, that was the developer Let's ended see. their agreement with Team Seventeen, I think, who published it initially. So it's not available yep. at the moment, but it may be available again at some point. I feel like 
it's not 100% the case, but a lot of folks in this particular community have probably already played it, or if they haven't, they have access to it because it is an easy 1K. Uh, it's not very demanding in any way. Um, but yeah, so it may, it may resurface, but uh, I think the developer would have to secure another publisher for that. Yeah, and it was digital uh, digital mm-hmm. only, so right. no CDs laying around. Yeah, in 2015, this was super quick, easy completion for one to two hours. Right. Oh, I did not realize this was that yeah. old. Yeah. And it's worth 1,100 TA, which is a lot. I'm used to seeing easy games below 1,100. Well, like you something said, it's about, sort of... People go ahead. Something about, about these indie games I like to spend three and a half hours in. Uh, <laughs> was that your time at the end? <laughs> that was my time. It's three and a half hours. Oh. I think mine was probably a little longer. Mine was two um, and a half hours. Mine was four and a half. So there we go. We've we've run the the whole range of, of times. I, I had put it aside for a long time before coming back to it recently to finish it up. And a lot of the reason it took me so long to finish it up was I just didn't feel like I last played it three years ago. And you know, that feeling when you put a game aside and you think, do I remember enough to play it through or am I going to have to start over and starting games over just feels like such a waste of time when there's so much other stuff to play. Uh, But it didn't require starting over at all. It, It was not that kind of issue. Did you get that sense of like, why did I stop? I was like half an hour from the end. I, didn't and I, I because it it's that slowness it's it's just you're moving from point a to point b and the whole time you're like i know what i have to do i know where i have to go but i can't make this happen any differently i can't i can't move any faster right we all know that when we're playing a game and you have to move and you realize that jump moves you just a little bit faster so you jump the whole way there <laughs> there is nothing yep. nothing like that in this game but it's the design so once i once i got that in my head i was fine with the rest of my gameplay time with it but yeah, I, I didn't really have any problem going back. And I didn't really consider the reason I dropped it was because I got whatever achievement I needed in whatever competition I was in and, and was fine moving on from it. All right. Who would do that? And Al, <laughs> what game do you want to bring to the table? Big Al. All right. Well, do you remember my favorite company, Kenny? Uh, Radalika. The other one. Uh, Chili Dog. No, that's mine. Sorry, Corey. Three, four, three. What? That's yours. <laughs> yeah, that's totally mine. Moon Studios. <laughs> I'm going to moon you people. No, of course, it's East Asia Soft. Come on, get with the program, Kenny. Gross. No, not gross. Awesome. Yeah, so this is a game that I talked about after playing an hour of it. And now I can say that it is complete. And that game is Trigger Witch. I have recently been recommending this game to everyone. And hopefully it goes on sale soon so it could be bought by everyone. So this is um, the, the what did you call it, Nate? The gun. Um, ah. <laughs> uh. Shoot him ballisticism. Gun is a religion. Ballisticism. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that what it is, Michelle? Right. Ballisticism mm-hmm. is the ballisticism. religion in there. Yeah. Just fun to say. Yes. Yeah. So basically, there is a crazy story um, with a crazy plot reveal that I did not see coming. I will not talk about that, but it is well worth playing, and it is definitely well worth playing in co-op. Um, it is two players. Both players get achievements. 
And more importantly, in two players, if one person dies, they have five seconds and then they will revive, where I think in one player, you'd be starting over. So in two players, if both players happen to die, then you would have to, you know, do the room over or whatever it is. We didn't die too often. Um, it's basically a twin stick shooter. Sorry, I need to go back to what the game is. It's a twin stick shooter. You go collect weapon parts and you're going to collect around eight or nine different weapons as you go. And you collect and the money you get in the game is for basically one purpose to upgrade these guns. And that's tied to some of the achievements in the game. And you go around to Zelda-like dungeons and solve those dungeons, kill the bosses, and the treasures in the game look just like A Link to the Past. The backgrounds and the art look just like A Link to the Past. Uh, the music is amazing. So there's a uh, slow music and a fast music. So you, you listen to the slow music, and when an enemy appears, it turns into this rock and roll version of the same music. And it's it's goes in and out. And then when the, you kill all the enemies, you hear the old music again. So it's really awesome. Once again, the soundtrack is on Spotify. And when you're playing the game, you don't really hear too much of that rock and soundtrack because as soon as you kill the enemies, it's over. So it's really worth listening to on Spotify. And you can listen to the songs in order and just a fun time. Um, it's not a hard game. It's actually got a good length. I think our time wound up being a little bit over 10 or 11 hours, but we tend to explore every nook and cranny. We didn't use a guide. There's nothing missable. Uh, there's actually one technical missable achievement to be on the lookout for at the very last dungeon if you decide to see a big treasure chest and walk past it and not open it. <laughs> you could lock yourself out of one of the weapons. But I don't think anyone would do that. But that's technically the only missable thing. Um, we ran into a couple of little bugs, though, I will say, um, where things didn't spawn and stuff like that. There's actually an option where you can pause the game and click on Reset Room, which... Maybe the devs noticed something a little weird, so you can just reset the room if you get stuck behind something, especially in co-op. We had a couple times where someone got stuck or something like that. And we had a little hiccup at the end of the game on the final boss where... I don't want to spoil anything, but basically something didn't come that was supposed to come. So we, I had to end up uh, exiting out and going back in. And then that fixed it, thankfully. And yeah, so achievements pop for everyone. We wound up getting a little bit scared of something that we thought might not pop, but everything wound up just fine at the end. Um, there's different difficulties. We played on normal, and I would suggest just sticking on normal. Because if you put it on easy, you get less gems. So I guess it would make life easier, but then you would have to grind more to get more gems to get all the upgrades. So. You stuck it on normal. Thinking back now, we probably should have made it on harder and you get more gems that way. But uh, yeah, anything to So I'm looking at the screenshots on TA and one of them, it says colors, but it's spelled with a U. Um, I so mean, every game this has is a British made game. Not every game is perfect, I guess. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just wondering, is this yes. like the kind of game of what Europeans think that America is, where it's just gun uh, <laughs> cults everywhere? Yes, it is uh, a British main game. A British take on American culture. Yeah. I wouldn't call it American culture. <laughs> no. Um, so one thing, I think the just to be clear, the co-op is local only. Yes. Um, just to note that. Because the co-op is is good and it's fun and it works fine. It's a shame that it's not online. I also would want to just point out the the achievement list is a lot of fun. There's plenty of stuff you get just for progressing through the game. But there's an achievement for like firing your gun in your house. That's something like failed basic safety or something. Like <laughs> they, they, There are several achievements you get throughout the game for just doing little things that are interactive. So the list was really good and uh it tracked which was also really cool that it had achievement tracking which is one of those things every every game not every indie have. game has that yeah There's right not every main game 57 achievements. Yeah, not every major game has that yes that's true but it was for an east asia soft game where i didn't know what i was getting into really had a great time with it and it it was one of the more surprising turns I think I've ever experienced in a video game. I did not expect it to go where it went. Mm-hmm. One other thing with Trigger Witch, um, it's it's very like nice pixel art. Like Elle said, it's Legend of Zelda style. And then the first thing you shoot, there's just pixel blood everywhere. Uh, if, <laughs> there is a lot of blood. If you're playing with littles around, there's actually a confetti mode where you shoot things and confetti... <laughs> Pinata mode pops out huh. of them. Uh, pinata mode. <laughs> yes, and, and there's an achievement for that. There's an achievement yes. for killing 25 enemies in pinata mode. So mm-hmm. it's got a fun list too. On top of being a pretty fun game to play, the biggest negative of it, I think, and L, you can confirm or say something else, is there. There is a sort of lack of variety. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there are treasure chests throughout the game, but you only ever find gems, stock parts to upgrade your guns. Or keys occasionally. That's it. You never find like a new cosmetic or a new piece of armor or anything to of that nature. So it seems like a little bit of a missed opportunity. But outside of that, it was really solid. And again, that last, I don't know, two hours, hour of the game, I that was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to experience yourself. Uh, hmm. Anything we say would be a spoiler. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, uh, I guess not. So did but, you um I remember when I played the demo I just felt a little bit weirded out by that whole uh gun as a religion thing. That, that didn't um hit you funny at all? Well, I will say this without spoiling too much. There is some addressing of that by the game's conclusion. Okay. Yeah, and the the game's protagonist is just just a happy old witch and <laughs> she's very interesting character and there's a lot of uh, also some pop cult, a lot of pop culture references and little Easter eggs also. There's a pop culture reference that Corey will get eventually if mm-hmm. he ever plays this game, but mm-hmm. does not get right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it from The Office? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few things he would. All right. It is inconceivable that he would get it. Oh, I see what you did there. Definitely. So that's Trigger Witch. Definitely pick it up if you, if you have a co-op, local co-op partner. Oh, that reminds me. I was going to ask you, in the wildest of your imagination, can you imagine playing this solo and would it still be a fun experience? 
especially at fifteen dollars. Really, really good question. I'm sure it would still be a good experience. Yes, but you'd probably have to be more careful. I will admit to fully just running and gunning and not being as careful, knowing that Michelle will revive me uh, every five seconds. So. That sounds about right. <laughs> it's true. Michelle, how was your experience <laughs> reviving L every five seconds? And would you rather play it by yourself? <laughs> uh, I, I think... I think it would be fine. Like I said, there is a difficulty slider and we played it on the normal difficulty. So you can even drop it down a little further. Uh, if you like twin stick shooters, it would be fine. Cause as a twin stick shooter, it's not a difficult twin stick shooter. That's just the game mechanic they chose to use for something that's generally more of like an adventure RPG. But one thing to note, like as you're going through fortresses and dungeons, when you clear enemies, they stay clear and, and the game has very good checkpointing. So as you're going through a dungeon, there might be two or three warp points, and these will warp you back to the dungeon's entrance. That's all great. But if you die in a dungeon, all the enemies respawn. Mm -hmm. So you would have to go through them again. You get potions in Trigger Witch, but the potions are not potions you buy to refill. As you kill more enemies, the potions refill. And so that's how you earn more uses there. I think it would be fine if you play careful and less run and gun and take your time with where you're going mm -hmm. you might have to do more leaving a dungeon and returning to make sure that you you don't lose i'm not particularly good at twin stick shooters i love them but it's just like the einhander thing i loved it but I, i'm not good at it but i could play that carefully enough that i'm sure i could get through it i think it's i think trigger witch is almost more good because i had no expectations of it that like i didn't expect it to be good or bad i just had nothing and it really wound up being a fun experience. There are very few games that work in co-op like that well, that also have tracking, that also have interesting lists. It just checks a lot of the right boxes. And one other thing, now that you mention it, I don't know if this is good or bad, probably more good. Unlike Zelda, there's no real inventory management you have to worry about. So there's a button for your potion and that's it. You don't have to pause it and equip your potion and anything like that. Um, that's nice. There's different weapons you can cycle through with your uh, right stick, I think it is. And that's about it. So your main weapon has infinite bullets, and then all your other weapons, you have your set number of bullets, and then they run out, and then after a set amount of time you can just put it back on, and then all the bullets will magically be back. Which is also, I believe, explained a little bit in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, throughout what? Trigger which you find nine weapons. They're on a weapon like a radial and you mm -hmm. can uh, attach them to up, down, left, and right on the D-pad. So you can so have four your four favorites, favorites yeah. selected that you can go through. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, I'm going to go. And I want to talk about some cloud gaming that I've been doing. And this what? will kind of take us into our... Not Final Fantasy VII, please. Pro probably not Final the main VII. game that we're going to talk about, which is Forza Horizon Ooh. 5. Um, So I've, I've been wanting to try out the cloud gaming... Um, specifically through the browser. I haven't been playing through my phone. I've been playing through just the Microsoft Edge browser or whatever it is that I was using. And I was just, I, w I wanted to experiment, see how it was. I was also talking to my brother, trying to get him into gaming with Xbox a little bit more. And I was just bringing up random games. And him and I are both Dragon Ball fans. So it's like, okay. So I brought up G Dragon Ball Fighters, which is now on Game Pass. And considering I was playing at 
work where unlike here the internet is not blazing fast i have an okayish internet it's like 20 up 20 down nothing terrible nothing bad and i'm playing on an older laptop and i would just like say i was pleasantly surprised just how responsive the game was like i'm sure anyone who thinks oh you got to play a fighting game online through the internet that's just going to be awful the latency is not going to work as soon as you like press the a button he kicked or jump you want to jump it jumps there was zero latency i was really surprised i'm like oh well maybe that was just that day or something maybe i had a little bit better connection i also say i was playing through wi-fi i'm not plugged in well today i didn't get to play forza early I didn't buy the I didn't buy the car pass or whatever the pack is to play a couple days early, and I didn't get to a chance to play at midnight last night. So I played today at lunch, and I booted up Forza Horizon Five once again through the cloud on my laptop, and wow, it is a wonder of not only how responsive the game is where. As soon as I want to turn, it immediately turns. But also just how good the game looks on a very mediocre laptop, on a mediocre internet connection. And it just it runs perfectly. There, It was as if I was playing it on my Xbox. And quite honestly, it was probably a better experience than playing on my Xbox because the load times were so much better. I don't. I and actually, it's something I want to ask you guys. Um, how is the load times for Forza Horizon Five compared to Four? Because Four for me, it was a very long load time, and when I was playing Forza Horizon Five through the cloud, it was like I don't know, tw- twenty seconds or so. It was it was almost instant. I would say they're faster. Uh, it, it it loads faster than Forza Horizon Four. Um. Although I think they sped okay. that up uh, as, as time went on. I think it got better at, at launching. Uh, but five from the start is, for me is um, definitely faster than four. I wouldn't say it's blazing, but it's it's faster. feels shorter to start. I, I'd agree with that, too, that five is generally faster. However, it still suffers somewhat from server issues. Uh, some of that is because the newness, but four never stopped suffering from server issues so i'm not sure that that will ever quite be resolved so you still do have instances where you're waiting for a race to begin or a team race or whatever else and you're just sitting there and it's it's spinning and that's a server side thing it's not a series versus a laptop versus cloud gaming thing but the load times in the game are similar to four in that there's kind of a bigger initial load and then after that everything moves pretty quick okay yeah Yeah, if you're just driving it's great, except for when you hit an invisible wall and you go from <laughs> 230 to zero. Uh, oh, good. I'm not the only one that experiences that. Yeah, the brakes are, you know, it's amazing. You can stop literally on a dime um, <laughs> and and then you can keep driving. But yeah, when you're loading into races or you're doing specifically um, the arcade mode, you know, um, that stuff, you can sit there. Yeah. And like, like Michelle was saying, like your, your GUI will go away and you'll just see 
you know, oh, here I am, and here's the world with no speedometer and no whatever. And did the game crash? I don't know. <laughs> and then you, right. and you just keep waiting. And eventually, maybe most times, you're going to load into an actual match. But you're stuck oh, there waiting day for one a while. Patch. Yeah. I did have one time where I fell through the map. My car just sort of spun Ooh. into the endless abyss. But other than that, um, you know, the little server issues aside, oh man, Forza 5 is so much fun. Forza Horizon 5, yes. I should say. Oh. My daughter pulled a Noth in Forza Horizon 3. She drove into the ocean uh, <laughs> and under the water, like oh. it, it, which would normally respawn you. Mm-hmm. Somehow she pushed through the barrier and she was just driving under the water completely <laughs> That's normal. Amazing. It was like, bah, 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 it's normal. This is what we do. Uh, and uh, But yeah, I haven't experienced that in 5 yet. Anytime I go in the water in 5, boom, uh, you're back. I've gotten hung up on rocky surfaces sometimes where it doesn't respawn me because i guess if i turn my wheel one particular way and rock back and forth i'd eventually get out of there mexico is a rockier environment just generally than london is so that's happened Mm -hmm. a little bit but it hasn't been too troubling what do you do when that happens press pause and ask for another car from the garage yes exactly yeah you switch (laughs) switch cars and it moves you like five feet over yeah Uh, and you're fine yeah I think normally my, my first intention is, oh, well, I'll just fast travel somewhere. But that, of course, costs money at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, the, the, the game, it's just so good. Forza Horizon is such a good game. Like, I'm not a racing fan, really. I like kart racers, but that's because I can, you know, hit you with a blue shell or something like that. That to me is more fun. That's why I love Blur back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh. However, okay. Forza Horizon Four, it's like making me a racing fan. Like I want to play more racing games just because of how good it is. And Forza Horizon Five, it's just more of that. Like it is. It's just a sequel, and it's so far it is fantastic. I'm loving the, um. The map being down in Mexico with the dust storm is so cool. It's it's very different. I was going to ask El um, what he thought about the time to free roam. Like, in comparison to 4, oh, so much better. Like, I mean, it took a long time. I'm not right? sure what you're talking about since they're both the same exact game. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's why we saved you for last. Okay. <laughs> And his mic is cut. So let's talk about <laughs> all the awesome things. Direct your hate at Big L. <laughs> but at least they had some, you know, some appropriate Mexican music, like, I don't know, Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> By name, they mentioned them. Yep. <laughs> yes, they do. So I got paid. Have you experienced yet? I, I, I had seen it, but I didn't put it together that now sometimes on the radio, songs will offer you double skill points. Really? Like have you have you heard them? Wait, what? Saying I that to you a, yet? I thought that was a thing in four. Um, it like may some have cars been, but I don't might remember. have had that. Yeah, oh, maybe cars maybe it's uncertain. Oh, it's either okay. a house. I think if you bought a certain house, I think that skill was available. I had all or the if you had houses. A certain car. I don't recall ever seeing it. I thought it was in four, but yeah, I, yeah, I've seen it in five, and it just comes up, and when it does, cool. But you know, it, it actually that thing. you couldn't you couldn't score the stupid drift zone enough, mm-hmm. but now you got the skill <laughs> thing. Go do it. Now's the time. Oh, yeah, I guess that's on the Forza Edition cars. That makes sense. But, oh, like, cool. It actually highlights a point about personally, like my excitement playing Forza Horizon 5 is 
the L got very lucky with four and won uh, some super special edition or something when it launched. But I didn't play it for months and months later, like after the DLC was out and everything was established. So when five came out, I was super excited jumping at at the jump. So that's probably part of why I noticed this, because I wasn't distracted by a hundred other things. But even with telling myself, I'm just going to focus on main, I'm already just doing PR stunts, doing speed traps, doing Eliminator 400 times. Like, it's just everything's so much fun. I don't really want to be bothered with just doing the races. That seems like the most boring part of the game somehow. Mm-hmm. So, Elle, you were saying that it's basically four. I think, I think that's kind of true. It's <laughs> it's the best parts of four yeah. streamlined. So, right. What I really like about this is the it's ridiculous. There are quests. There are quests now. You yes. go and there's so check, there's checklists. You're going and yes. oh, go find my speed suit or so, go find my um yeah or go take yeah. some seismic readings and well, you kind of drive over the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's be, cool. Take a picture. To be fair, yeah. I've only played a couple of hours and I played uh, the first whatever tutorial to let me in the game and surprisingly, I was uh, able to play online with uh, people last night after that. So I played with Michelle and Nightwolf and Dude with the Face. Oh, no, sorry. Nightwolf was uh, in the party playing, uh, I don't know. I think that he was playing. He was boosting this 10-year-old game with people instead of playing Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> and then what happened? What a weird. You know, when you have responsibilities <laughs> He's a and when dude. you're helping He's people, a... you yeah. stay oh, with your group till everybody God. gets it. And he should be commended for that. So I'm, I'm, thank you, Nightwolf. <laughs> he f- right. He stayed I'm in the party you, listening... <laughs> Listening to the rest of us in the party, having Who a blast, with us? Oh. trying to figure out how to connect to the game with each other, well, yeah, he's still pushing chose Bioshock. <laughs> yes, so he's, invited, uh, he's a good man. Another friend, Wimplo, who I need to get into the Discord. So, so but I we agree did completely. Oh, yeah. Let me, ahead, let me tell you about my yeah, great experiences. Yeah. So we did the pl- um, playground games. Was that stuff in four? It was? Okay. Uh, Describe it to me. There was Capture the Flag, and then there was something like... Yes. No, it's in there. They did. They had had the zombie mode. They they did have those things. I don't know if they had Capture the Flag, but it has some stuff. The playground games, mostly, you would have only interacted with them during seasonal events if you were working on them. So you probably just never picked them from the menu because they're... If there are achievements, I don't think there are any right. achievements attached there to them. There were achievements. There were achievements. Okay, for they doing might have been them, really sure. easy though. Like really, yeah, like, it was play like they a game, way later. play it three times right. or something. So if if you if that's all you did was play it and get out, and I know Kenny, you're not as achievement motivated as the rest of us in that way that you'd look at the list and pick that out to do. But it's it's just not a game. Yeah, that's you would stuff I never felt like dealing with. Interact with. So, but it's there. I went for the other ones. I, that that I never really felt like dealing with. But I did find it was funny that. We were basically playing Capture the Flag and Oddball, two Halo mainstays, <laughs> but we were just in cars. So I thought that was amusing. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Halo, <clears throat> they have the uh, those great horns. Have you seen that, Nate? Yes. All the horns um, you could choose from are amazing. Just amazing. Horns so good. In Halo, I don't know what you're talking about. You're uh, talking about like, you mean the beeps in yeah, your car? The, you're, you're, yes, okay. they have the... Wait, you're, you're born and just have like a meet me. <laughs> yeah, I have the bass. Uh, no, I, haven't, the, I haven't changed my horn yet. You just need to look is, at them, and you will flip out, Nate, if you haven't seen. There's one in particular that you will... Corey told me about that one. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I have a goal. 
They have Google. some, you know, the Mexicans stand by La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. You know, they have a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. just a lot. Yeah, there's there's at least 10 from video games. My only disappointment with that, though, and I don't know if this is the case in 5 yet, I was so excited in Forza Horizon 4 when I unlocked the Halo theme for my horn noise, mm-hmm. but other people can't hear it. Mm. So, you know, I said it, and I was all excited, like, hey, listen to my song here and and all other people heard was just regular honking so that seemed to be a cosmetic that you only experience yourself yeah other people could not hear it when i tried it before dumb we should do something real quick let's just for fun um how are you playing or how are you planning to play five like what how do you mean how what's your play style for for this game like what is your your strategy for going in and enjoying forza horizon five like I'll start the way I want the way <laughs> I just just to give you an idea because I don't I don't know that um I don't know that you, the question is is clear um the way that I enjoy the Forza Horizon Five series is getting in and on day one drive every road like drive every road get every sign that I can easily get you know that isn't a jump a crazy jump where I have to figure out where the hill is or whatever uh get fast travel and then play the game. Like, and that for me is fun. I like, I like putting, I've said it before. I like putting on the classical music channel. I like just driving every single road that I possibly can until that achievement pops. And then I go do signs and then I play the game proper. Um, do any of you, are any of you weird like me? Kind We're of. all weird, but not, I don't know, not necessarily like you. I'm kind of like that. So. I'll go last. So let's let's take a step back real quick because we're all just kind of hopping in and talking about this because we're really excited. Mm-hmm. One of the key differences between Forza Horizon 4 and Forza Horizon 5 is how the map builds out. Uh, 4 just kind of, you did the Horizon Festival and that was it. And now you did a couple showcase events and stuff was on screen. In 5, you start at the Horizon Festival, but then you go through earning accolades. So that's the stuff that Nate was touching on earlier, like put down this seismic reader and get this suit, save this guy. And as you are an accolade, you're able to open up other outposts of the festival. So it still winds up being similar, but you're having a more active role as the player in building out the whole Forza Horizon event environment. So I'm trying really, really, really hard to focus on building out the outposts so that I can have access to all the things. But as soon as I get into a new area and the map starts changing color... I'm I'm just driving on the roads. So I'm similar, but I'm trying not to be. I'm really trying to get more of the map open. Because if you just go through and play the outpost, you're going to hit a lot of the roads just playing through them. So it's it, it's beneficial to do that. But there's just something satisfying about seeing the little road discovery thing pop up. You Without know, going frequently. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. See, I play this like other open world games like a Mass Effect or a, or a Skyrim. Well, specifically like in Elder Scrolls where you have a map and there's just a gajillion icons on your map. I just go, uh, which icon is appealing to me? This one. And I just drive to it. And sometimes I'll be like, well, it's specific. Specifically in this, I really like the off-road event. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do this cross-country um, race and on my way there 
I try to hit as many roads as I can. And if I see a sign, I'll veer off and go, go get that. If I see that the terrain is going to be crazy, I might just run through the hills to try to knock down a bunch of stuff to get skill points. So I'm kind of a little, I'm a little all over the place. I just pick a direction and go and see what I find. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So my son's actually a big fan of this game also. He's actually done a lot more than I have. So I watched him doing those uh, quests and the accolades and stuff like that. And he was also excited that the uh, XP was actually called XP in this game. <laughs> and he, Had, what? what? <laughs> I guess. Okay. Instead of uh, influence, I guess. In four. Oh, uh, yeah. It was called influence. And he said, Dad, time. I noticed something else. Uh, when it says go, you see the uh, upside down exclamation point. <laughs> I noticed that as well. <laughs> Um, I went, wait, why is it like that? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, they don't teach Spanish in uh, Baltimore, I guess. <laughs> C. C. <laughs> so the, the GUI <laughs> is actually also streamlined, but it's not as nice. I don't know. There's something different about it. What do you mean? I don't know. You see less stuff. <laughs> yeah, when you go into the menu and you're like trying to figure out, okay, well, where is this tuning or where is the, the uh, thing? It's, it's easier it's, to find. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It There's is nice, less but it's menus. less. It's fewer. I Excuse me. wonder, though, fewer. as the game <laughs> expands. Oh, yeah. True. If there won't be more added to that menu with time. Oh, probably. There, there wasn't a Super 7 tab when Forza Horizon launched. There wasn't a Lego tab when Forza Horizon That's 4 launched. Like, very true. These came with, with time. True. So this is, it's nice to be in on the game before any DLC, before any major title updates, to just experience sort of this core. Because it's not a, a just. Somebody said in the party we were in yesterday that the map is one and a half times the size of the England map. There's a lot to is explore there, and it's very vertical. There's there's a lot of verticality to the map, a lot of different mountains to climb. Yes, there is. Even within the towns, there are tunnels that sort of take you underneath. So it's it's nice to be playing the game when there aren't all those tabs, and there's not all that extra extraneous stuff to see, because there's already so much to see and do in the base package. It's nice to only have... 50 something achievements instead of 170. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Th this Same. really feels achievable. Um, mm -hmm. it, it actually seems yes. easier than five. And that may just because it's the base uh, and they haven't started adding and, title updates and things like that. Right. Or and, DLC. It only, and it only has the right. one eliminator achievement. So far. Yeah. To win. Right. Eliminator to win. achievement is just win, which hopefully. That doesn't sound <laughs> easy to achieve. me, but a lot, so a lot of people have it already. It's not my bag, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, skill. Hopefully you can figure it out. So what car did you guys choose first? You had the Corvette, the Bronco, and the Supra. Uh, the I was the Ford Bronco, just because of OJ. It's probably also before your time. <laughs> your hero. <laughs> yeah, I chose the Bronco, so. too, because I figured I'm going to be going off-road. Yes. It's Mexico. So. Exactly. Or Bronco. Way down Mexico way. I, Michelle? I, I chose the Corvette probably because it was the first one on the list, and I just mashed A. <laughs> Sounds okay, like so you. Michelle's the odd one out. I chose the Bronco as well. <laughs> well this, 
<laughs> that's the only reason I'm the odd one out, clearly. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the only reason. It is It is a little weird playing Forza Horizon 5, though, and only having 30 cars. Like, I'm used to having the right? hundreds on the list in four after playing it for all these hours already. And to go into an event and be like, all right, here are the cars you can pick. And I'm thinking to myself, like, now's the time to take all those photos, right, of the cars before you have hundreds of them. And now it's just this overwhelming task to try to get any of them done. Now's the time to get used to them all and actually – I don't play Forza Motorsport because I don't understand cars. I just don't. All the stuff with the tuning and all that other stuff, I, I don't get it. Four allows for that more arcadey experience, and many of them, you can just jump in and drive, and they're fine at doing what they have to do. But when we were in party yesterday, the guys in the party were like, oh, yeah, you just use this car, and then this one's the best one. Use a Hoonigan, use a Super. I had no idea, even though I've been playing the game for 100 hours. So I'm hoping that also playing now, I'll get a better sense of these early cars because there aren't as many available. So someone mentioned in, in I guess, general boosting, like, hey, now's the time to do your season. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, – I don't remember. I'm going to get it wrong if I say who it was or who I think it was. Um, <laughs> Nightwolf mentioned it in party I, yesterday, I think too. It was, I think it was Retro Chief uh, a while ago. It was talking about in Forza Horizon 4 – Season is starting. Go ahead and and do your full season now if you're going to try, because you have to do 100 percent for each of the four seasons in one cycle. So I started doing that, and then as a result of doing that, I was like, I can't do these things. I'm just not good enough with this car. And they're like, Well, have you been using tunings? What's a tune? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I figured I finally learned what a tune was. I was like, Oh, if you can't beat a race, you just turn the difficulty down, right? Well, nope. You uh, you get a tune. You get someone a gearhead. To make a tune, and then you go out and you tune your car up, and now this thing sticks to the road. Uh, it doesn't instead of yep. flying off at you know at a weird angle. Um, and so, as a result of doing that challenge in, in Forza Horizon Four, going into Forza Horizon Five, like the first thing I do is, oh, I like this car. Oh, it doesn't stay on the road. Okay, I'm gonna grab a tune, and then boom, I'm on the road. I'm cruising around. I'm I'm doing things that I normally wouldn't have been able to do, and I think it's accelerated uh, kind of my progress into the game. Um, and maybe it's why I feel like five is easier than four because I spent so much time on four not knowing about tunes, um, which is, I know, ridiculous to people. People are cursing. Um, but yeah, if you Gosh, didn't know it, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, that's the interesting part about Forza Horizon 5 where, like Michelle just said, you know, motorsport is very much more of the simulation game, the more realistic type racer, whereas Horizon is arcadey. But at the same time, if you want to go, you know, balls to the wall with the realism with this, you really could in a way. Like, you can completely turn the all the modifiers off, up the difficulty, really get into the tuning, and really try to make this a more realistic racer, which is, you know, something I'm not necessarily interested in. I like just the jump in, drive, go have fun, which... I guess also kind of relates back to our topic uh, earlier. This is a great game for that. Like up until now, I've always had Forza Horizon 4 in or uh, installed on my Xbox. And it's just, I'll just randomly get in, play for a half hour, jump out and go to bed or then jump into something else. Cause, cause it's easy. It's just a fun game. It's always good. <laughs> the, the problem for me is it's completely a just one more thing game. Oh, so even playing too. last night, I was playing, going for roads, 
because, you know, that's the thing to do after you're done playing Eliminator for an hour. And Ahizo had three more roads than me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to catch up to Ahizo and then I'm going to call it a night. And then I caught up to Ahizo and Alex has seven more roads than me. I can't go to sleep with Alex being ahead of me on roads. So I'm going to go get those seven roads. Oh, well, now I'm at 193 roads. I might as well go for 200. And and so that jumping in for 30 minutes and jumping out, I'm very aware, is something you should be able to do, but it requires control. <laughs> and I like it when I'm excited playing something new like this. So let me tell a quick, very quick, I'll try to, very quick, funny story. <laughs> um, I know Devin was uh, doing Extra Life, and so uh, I came back from the UFC. It was very, very late, or very, very early, depending on your definition. And um, the guys threw me an invite, so I jumped on. It was Night Wolf. It was Ice Fire, I think. And it was uh, Devin, and they're just sitting there uh, doing whatever, trying to keep him company. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Nightwolf says, "Hey, I see you've been doing the roads, Nate, and uh, I just want you to know I'm ahead of you." Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had been intending to get on and do roads, um, but then I was like, "Okay, well, I'm in party." And as I'm doing that, he's like, "Whoa, ho, ho, ho hold on!" <laughs> like I see your, your roads are creeping up. And so I passed him and I was like, yeah, but yeah, but you know, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm not going to be able to play. So I was like, so you can beat me. So he goes ahead and he pulls ahead. I log in on Sunday. I see that he's, you know, a hundred ahead of me. I was like, okay, whatever. I I had a little bit of play time. I got up to the point where I was just beneath him. And then my wife was like, okay, we need to go right now. I was like, no, no, no. I need five minutes because I need to get, I need to get six more roads to Nightwolf so that when he logs in, if he hits one of those corners where he gets like four roads at the same time, he still won't be above my score. So we can see that I'm just above him. That's <laughs> like, amazing. I need him to see that the next road he gets. So uh, literally everything about this yes. game is a race. Even the, even trying to find all the roads. Even trying to find all the roads. Yes. They do a great yep. job of, of just one more. Absolutely. It really is like a wonder that a racing game does the collectathon so well. Like you really just want to collect everything in this game. Well, and it's it is a credit to the development teams, Turn Ten, Playground, Microsoft. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Hawkeye Barry pointed out in patron chat earlier that that stat that Forza before it even launched had a million users already. And I was just about to bring that up. I yep, that is incredible. I have not heard the most negative thing I've heard is it's very much like Forza Horizon 4. That's what they have created here. Like that's that sort of universal praise. Even when you go to something like Metacritic, there's not a yellow review. Everything is positive. They they've really just done a fantastic job. Exclusive game to console, the Xbox console, but obviously also on PC. So this is really just a great start to like holiday season gaming and all that. Like they've done a phenomenal job here. Yeah. I believe IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm trying to find out. Uh, now, since yeah. uh, Forza Horizon 4 and 5 are the same game, uh, are 1 through 3 also the same game? Has anyone played those? Couldn't tell you. Nate? I started with 4. Um, Are they the same game? I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't really play. No, I've played them all. I, I didn't play three very much at all. Um, I liked Forza Horizon one. Is that the one that had the uh, Fast and the Furious DLC? That was two. Or was that two? That was two. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed. I, think, I enjoyed that. I think it was a standalone. Yeah, that was its own thing. <clears throat> right. I, I, I feel think like it was they're similar to two. Yeah, I mean it's a clear progression. 
it's a clear evolution of, of the uh, model. I think, and I, I'm pretty sure I asked yesterday, I asked Nightwolf, but, and I, I think he answered as such, but I, again, I don't want to misquote. But this is the first time where the games have been directly linked like this. When yes. Forza Horizon 5 begins, yeah. cars are dropping out That's of cargo so cool. planes and, and just everything looks beautiful and cool and fast and exciting. And you're your same character you were in Horizon 4. So I think that sort of continuity is new. That is true. I I, I saw the same character that I picked in, in 4. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be her again. So... I honestly don't remember at any point putting my name into the game. So I was like, it's talking to me and knows who I am because it retained that information from four where I also don't remember putting in my name. So it's still weird to hear Anna be like, hey, Michelle. I'm like, wait, no, that's me. I, I didn't do that. But yeah. what's funny is it called me Smith. Like, <laughs> like, hey, Smith. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Because I want to be called Nightman. I mean, Nightman is what I want to call. <laughs> so I didn't remember Nightman, but it knew Smith. I was just like, is it because Smith That's is amazing. common or because it's, it's you know, sneaky? I know. I'm thinking, like, is it pulling that information from my real wow. name information because it's common? But I must have put it in at some. But I never do that in games. I don't ever put my own name in. You I need always to check. use my screen name. Because there's name yeah, I, and then there's nickname. So there I'll is, yeah, there is an that. Elliot in the game, which is cool. But I actually changed mine. But my nickname is always is uh, Big Man, which is <laughs> just it's like welcome back, Big Man. It's just funny, <laughs> very sultry. It's no Nightman, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have anything to say? Because I was going to wrap it up with something a little non sequitury. Uh no, I I think we're that's about it. You know, like we said, it, the hype for this game is real. Like Michelle just said, there was a million people that played this game that spent $45 just to be able to play this game four, four days ahead of time. A million people did that. That is a testament into the game itself. Because probably the majority of them, if not everybody, really had this game on Game Pass. But there, everybody was willing to spend that extra money. Now, I don't want to set Kenny off, but uh-oh. Halo Gauntlet has been thrown down. Oh, it sure oh, has. For sure. Oh, th- this really has thrown a gauntlet down for Halo. You're you're not wrong. I have almost no expectations for Halo, so you're not going to set me off on that. <laughs> and and Kenny finally touched on it, but we didn't really talk about it at all while just extolling the virtues of Forza Horizon 5. How amazing is Game Pass? <sighs> oh my lord. It's for real though. It's, it's really like, I know we say it over and over again, the best value in gaming, but. Uh, it's not even close. Yeah. It, this is amazing. There, There is no second place mm-hmm. to Game Pass. It is just so good. I mean, just 2021 alone, Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite. I'm going to play those two, those two games. If I didn't have Game Pass, I would spend a $60 on that. Well, that's $60 or that $120 is a month of game or is a year of Game Pass. Like, not yeah. to mention all the other games I'm, I'm consistently playing, able to play it at work through my laptop or on my phone, on the wherever. Game Pass is where it's at. So now that we've yeah. sort of non sequitured already. <laughs> yeah, what you got? a super non sequitur sequitur. So, um, that's a word. <laughs> sure. Or an echo. And we were, um, so I was watching my son play, and I said, Tyler, you got to look at these these horns. 
ghosts from all these games. And, you know, it made sense to have, you know, Killer Instinct and uh, Battletoads and Halo. Sea of Thieves. But then there's Doom E1M1. I'm like, what is this? And it's got the first huh. level theme from the 1993 Doom. Like, oh, that's it's cool. amazing. And I guess they can't do that now because Microsoft owns that. Okay, yes, that's, I guess that cool. does make sense now that you say it like that. So I said, <laughs> I said, Ty, turn this off. You're going to play Doom. <laughs> so, I mean, he, all right then. <laughs> he's 11 now. He's played Fortnite. He's played shooters. So I'm like, whatever. I don't think he's going to be turned off by this this pixelated violence. So we turn on Doom. He's like, he's like, wait, how do you jump? I'm like. You can't jump. He says, <laughs> he says, you don't. He says, how do you look up and down? You can't look up and down. <laughs> he said, Dad, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, you're going to play this, this level, this first level. I want to see if you can do it. So he beat the first level. I showed him where a couple of secrets were. And I said, you know what? You're going to play the second level because there's key cards in this one. And I want to see if you can figure it out. So he beats the second level. And then he's playing the third level. He's like, Dad. Why am I enjoying this? <laughs> I said, see, and imagine how cool this was in 1993 when all we really had was the beginnings of Super Nintendo and you couldn't do this. And I said, and I said, this is where we got the term deathmatch from was this game. He's like, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's from this game. That's why you're playing a lot of the stuff you're playing today. So yeah, sorry for my uh, inane ramblings about 30-year-old <laughs> games. Funny. That was a good but, story. But uh, it's fun. It's funny. It's, it is. This maybe goes back to your initial question, Michelle. But uh, yeah, it is fun to show kids stuff you grew up on. And, and I can't uh, wait for yeah, that. I'm going to show Oliver Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> 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 Check this out. Ain't that solid. Back in my well, day. Like, as we're recording. So again, never mind the fact that my nephew is still awake and it's oh, after 11 no, p.m. He's He's 10. But he just texted me, I'm downloading Forza Horizon 5 now. It's going to take five hours. And I texted back, go to sleep. So <laughs> he'll be starting that tomorrow. All right. Great. Yeah, that was the game showcase. Uh, let's continue on with the show. Let's get into some sales. Uh, uh, as much as I hate to ask this, L, what baby games are you going <laughs> to recommend this week? What do you mean? Now let's let's ask if you remember who my favorite developer is. Right, I like a damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Coco Dog Melon. What? Chili Dog. Yeah. East Asia Soft. That's all I could really recommend at this point. We have Null Drifter and Project Starship, two forty nine each, usually five dollars. Easy shmups. And then there's one I haven't played of the bunch, which is Robozaro, which is three forty nine, uh, down from seven dollars. Anyone played that one? I haven't played that one. Nope. But if it's East Asia Soft, I'm sure it's amazing. No, it doesn't look like any of you have played it. No, uh, I've completed it. I. I'm glad you asked. Did not like it. Oh, that means I have to play it. Was it uh, bizarre? Oh, I remember. That. Well, do you have any good games for us, Michelle? <laughs> uh, good is good is quite subjective. So, I have. Well, it can't be worse two. than else. Now, bear in mind, 
I don't tend to look at sales frequently as you guys do, um, because Game Pass and all that good stuff. But the couple games that caught my eye uh, were N++ Ultimate Edition, not because it's a steep discount, but because if you like the platformer, or more accurately, the plat failure, uh, N++ is really, really good. Super frustrating, but very satisfying. It's eleven forty nine down from 15 Once again, not a big discount. I don't know if it's on sale that often or it's just a game that nobody else on the panel would ever recommend in any context, so it never gets mentioned. But if you liked N+, back in the day, this is more of that and even has classic levels in it, so you'll get to relive, for better or worse, some of the stuff you played back in the Xbox 360 era. And also just giving a shout to Untitled Goose Game being on sale. It's $9.99 down from 20 It's <sighs> marked as Puzzle on TA. I know a lot of folks listening to this played it while it was in Game Pass, but if you missed it when it was in Game Pass, like I did, I'm uh, this my is a hand. good time. <laughs> right, you didn't finish it, right? You started it, but didn't. Yep, which means we're going to buy it and it will be Games with Gold. Next I'm time. fine with that. If, if we can give the gift of Untitled Goose Game to other people who didn't experience it, mm-hmm. I'm willing to take that bullet for people. Sweet. But it's it's fun. It's a task-oriented game can be a little frustrating at times but that's okay i think nate you finished it absolutely not no I no buy it. oh oh okay yep. so this is a perfect sale because it seems like a lot of us started it and didn't finish it because geese so that's all i have <laughs> yeah i got hung up on a couple of those speed runs to be honest but many people got them so i'll have to give it another go mm-hmm. i didn't even start the speed runs yeah um Thanks for asking. Uh, Donut <laughs> County. What tabs you have open? 3.89 down from 13. <laughs> it's Puzzle Action. Uh, it's by Annapurna Interactive. So, you know, that's one thing's going for it. Really like it. Uh, far, Loan Sales. I don't know too much about this. I've watched it. It looks um, interesting. It is an action game. It's six to eight hours. It's 3.74 down from 15. Uh, there is a 99-minute speedrun achievement. Uh, I've heard it described as very zen-ish. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look terribly zen because your ship catches on fire. I don't think anywhere <laughs> in the definition of zen <laughs> is the mention of things on fire. Um, so, uh, you know, check it out. It looks looks interesting. It definitely looks pretty. Uh, you're basically traveling from left to right a whole bunch of times. You're stopping. You're going out. You're fixing your ship. You're getting back on. You're going. Hey, it's a great time. Uh, the last two things I want to mention are both from uh, – Dedalic, uh, yeah, Dedalic uh, Entertainment, and they are Anna's Quest, which is ten dollars down from twenty. Not a huge discount. This is a point and click because that's what they do. Uh, and the other game is Edna and Harvey: The Breakout Anniversary Edition, which is five dollars down from twenty. Significant sale. Uh, so check those out if you're into point and clicks, like Kenny is. Yeah, totally. It's one hundred percent my thing. All right, uh, games of gold. Just as a reminder, available right now is Moving Out, and then on the 360 side is Rocket Knight. Both are able to be downloaded. Uh, and then on Game Pass, coming up on November... Today. Yeah, today. Definitely. Yeah, I guess <clears throat> recording. This sounds weird. Shh. Uh, yeah, Forza Horizon 5. Good play. No, we just talked about that today. And also... Football today. Manager is also now Wait, you released. never finished oh, what was wait, happening on today. Game Pass? Wait. Today, today, yes. as in release yes. day. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hey, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the definitive edition, is now available today, not two days <laughs> in the future, but today, today, yes, as in today. when you're listening to today. Mm-hmm. 
Also, one step from Eden on the console and PC, and just announced is Dicey Dungeons, which is ported by Rata Laika. L's favorite cheap game company. Damn it. Now <laughs> has a Game Pass game. <laughs> what? I mean, it is. No. That's interesting. It's not Devious Dungeon. I think we're going to so have. So it's not uh, developed by that. I think we're going to yeah, hear yeah, about I, this game next week. Just a hunch. I think we will. Um, and yeah, it's not developed Probably. by them. This is a big PC game people have been talking about for a while and it was ported by Rattalika. So I'm going to play uh, this game. I don't think it's going to be your typical rat. So yeah, just interesting to see Rattalika and Game Pass. Well, it's nice to see them sort of broadening their horizons and trying to bring other things to the console. Like this isn't a cell phone port or something like that, right? Like, or I mean, I know came out somewhere else initially, but this seems like a more fully realized kind of title than a lot of them are. I just hope that the achievement list goes more than the first 20 minutes of gameplay or whatever it is. Yeah. And then some Game Pass games are getting removed on November 15th, so if you're listening to this uh, on release day, get on this if you want to uh, get it done. On a console and PC, all these games, Final Fantasy VIII HD, Planet oh, Coaster, yeah. Star Renegades, Easily beaten in 40. Streets of Rogue, <laughs> The Gardens Between, and River City Girls. That, or if it's a game that you want to continue playing, be sure to buy it while you still have that 20% discount. Because ah, Game Pass. But along with that is now games coming real soon, and Nate has the first one. Coming yeah, so real soon. Coming real soon. Coming real soon. Uh, great Corey impression. Tuesday, <laughs> November 16th, the Smurfs Mission Vilief. Now, it, it, it looks like it's vile af, um, but it's pronounced Vilief if you listen to the trailer. Um, what? And so we'll read their propaganda. Uh, go is. on an adventure to save your forest. Gargamel, the evil sorcerer, just created the Vilief. A plant that has the ability to attract and capture the Smurfs, but it's also toxic. Body four, iconic. Uh, someone's clicking on a thing. Smurfs to heal the plants on your way to Gargamel's hovel. The whole forest depends on you. Uh, so you're embodying four iconic Smurfs. That's Smurfette, Hefty Smurf, Brainy Smurf, and Chef Smurf. <laughs> Chef Smurf? Was that a Baker Smurf? I, I don't remember. I, yeah, um, I don't remember. I don't Wasn't he the one with the small. accent? <laughs> the random accent? <laughs> Could be. It was. Yeah. Um, oh, ha, ha. So you're playing right. in, fi- you're playing <laughs> in sure. five different worlds. Uh, the Smurferizer, uh, because everything is, has to have Smurf in it, will also make you jump, glide, dive, vacuum. Keep a good timing to overcome every obstacle and beat your enemies. Keep a good timing. That is excellent uh, English. Uh, a subtle mix of platforming, exploration, <laughs> gameplays. Find your way through vertical levels and explore them to uncover every secret. Once again, this is copied directly from them. Give life back to the Smurfs village by making progress and improve the Smurferizer by finding items spread around the levels. So a game for every Smurfs fan, young or old, but also for every 3D platforming game fan. I are there, know. Yeah. Are there any young Smurfs fans? I don't think so. There, or if okay. there are, they're no. French. Because uh, <laughs> this is this is a very French property. Um, so I don't uh-huh. know. Um, I know it sounds like I'm down on this game, but I'm actually interested in this. Um, oh, give me a Smurf and looks, break, Nate. You don't need it, this game. Smurf off, dude. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm uh, it, it looks good. It looks actually like, uh, I'm not going to say it's as good as, but it gives me some very serious Super Mario Sunshine vibes. 
um, because you've got this backpack on. You're you're dashing with it, so you have you have movement uh, abilities you can do with this backpack. You you're also um, you know healing the village with this backpack, and, and you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So it it seems very much like a Mario Sunshine kind of clone. So. I don't know. Check it out. It looks pretty cool to me. I'm sure it's going to be at least $40. So you're going to want to wait for a sale uh, unless you're a huge Smurfs fan. And if you are, <laughs> I would love to find out and know that about you. I think Corey when I is. Saw... Yes. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I think he is. When I saw that you picked this game, Nate, I immediately just thought it was because tie-in to family time. property kind of thing. I had no idea. Like, I didn't pre-read your notes uh, that were taken directly from the developer. <laughs> but this is not what I was expecting this to be, like, kind of Paw Patrol, but with Smurfs. That's not what this seems to be. No, this does not seem like a, a tablet game or a phone game that's been ported to the Xbox. This looks like a fully realized 3D action platformer um, where you're a plumber turned Smurf. Uh, with a water pack turned, um, you know, uh, toxic spreader, or you know, <laughs> I will be very curious to see how this game does critically in uh, a couple days when it is out there in the wild. Because I can't yeah. imagine any of us playing it uh, anywhere near launch yeah. until it's very, very steeply discounted. It's Just, a horrible this- name. It's a horrible name, but <laughs> but check it out. Um, it's vile. Might be good. Yeah, it's vile. It's just it's weird because the Smurfs yeah. aren't one of those franchises that even like. People not Kenny's age, people our right. age, have that sort of affection for where our kids are going to know this. It, it's not one of those. <laughs> I mean, I just, the most I, recent thing was like the the Neil Patrick movies, right? They had two yeah, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. They had like a sequel to um, that, you know. And that wasn't that all series. that recently anymore at this no, point. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. This is a strange, strange use of an IP, but good for them. Nor was it good or deserving of a game, video game adaptation, and it's not. It's it's completely, completely <laughs> different story. So, okay. yeah, uh, check it out. I will wish I can play it, um, but it's gonna be really expensive. Nate's gonna wait till it hits thirty five dollars. I'm gonna do my best to convince <laughs> the publisher and developer that I am a huge Smurfs fan. Uh, I may put Smurf every fifth word in the uh, in the email, the interest email. So we will see. I will do my best. Tell them that hefty Smurf was your favorite of all time. <laughs> Snorlax. <laughs> We'd like to review your Smurfing game. Uh, please send it to us. Have a Smurfy day. Michelle, what game did you choose for your coming real soon? This is my my first time really doing a coming real soon segment like this with you guys. And I looked at this vast list of things that are coming really soon and went, wow, I recognize none of these except for that Smurfs game. But Nate already called that. So I went with a game coming out on November 17th called Clang 2. And Mm. apparently Clang... The first one was actually scheduled to come out in Xbox it, on the Xbox One. It had been announced in 2017. And the only thing that exists on the TA page is the one article saying that it was announced for the Xbox One. So the first game never made it out. The second game is making it out. It is a rhythm action game that features the music of an EDM composer named Blind. 
Uh, it's stylized like B, capital L, I, capital N, D. So I went through, because I don't know really any EDM, and decided to take to Spotify, which seems like a reasonable course of action, and find Blind's um, uploaded music there. And his thing, or their thing, is that they put video game music out. So there's an album called Nestor Years that's remixes of NES era songs. There's one called Chozo Legacy, which is based on uh, music from Metroid. There's one called Seven, which is music from Final Fantasy Seven, and the original soundtrack for Clang. So I listened to the Clang soundtrack on my way home from work today, and I can totally see how that would be fun to put into a rhythm action game. It was a little hard to gauge from the videos, and there's really no well-written uh, summary of how the gameplay works. It it builds itself as a rhythm action platformer, but from the videos I watched, it didn't seem to be a lot of platforming, but it's a beat match game. So you'll have certain icons appear on the screen. You have to swipe the controller over and then hit the button, or you have to hold in the button, and you have to do this in the rhythm to be able to get through the stages and move on. Once you finish the game, I think you open up a harder version of it. So it just, it sounds interesting. I always like a good rhythm action game. Listening to music from the first Clang game, it was catchy. So this seems interesting to me, at least. It's received generally positive reviews on Steam so far. So this is lovely because I went from not knowing any of these, now having two games I'm at least sort of uh, keeping an eye on. Um, L, did you have a game I was, in mind? I was going to say, um, I actually listen to a lot of video game remixes and I've heard of this guy. Blind, which is stylized mm-hmm. as lowercase b, capital L, lowercase i, capital N, and small d. That sounds familiar. A tag only a blind person would like. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, he's pretty big. Pretty big. What game did I pick? Oh, I picked a game that I didn't hear of, but apparently looks to be a big thing. It's called Nerf Legends. Bruh. Bruh. Do you listen to the podcast, my friend? <laughs> no, apparently I not. I literally talked about this game. Apparently yep, not. That's been mentioned before. Oh. Well, mention it again. What'd you learn? Well, now you're going to have to edit this. Get him, fug. <laughs> I do listen to the podcast. I, I just don't remember it. Sorry. I am shocked. Shocked you didn't pick Math Though Is Together. That was my first choice on this list, and I didn't pick it because it's by your favorite developer or one Bad of them. Like, huh? And I, I now I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I could have spoken about that. Although I'm glad to have talked about Clang too. Go ahead, talk about it. Well, you're supposed to be talking about Nerf. That's an Nintendo. We already talk talked about, about, but talk about it again. We never heard about it. Well, who talked Apparently about it? There's a Nerf. Tell game me about it. Out. So why is it on this it. list? I don't know because it's like a legend game or something. Uh, probably <laughs> because it got delayed. That's so. most likely why. I was looking at the trailer and it said uh, October 2021, but now it's due out November 19th. All right, well, we'll talk about it again. Basically, it's a first-person shooter with Nerf. Now, since I'm old, when I think of Nerf, the first thing I think of is Nerf footballs, not these silly little gun things that we have bullets all over the house of these stupid things like, I want a Nerf gun, and then they use it once, and then they use them once, and then, uh, yeah, there's the... Use them once. You're, kids, you're playing Nerf my kids, Yeah, well, you know, there's video games to be played. Well, anyway, it's a first-person shooter. 
Shh, looks colorful. And yeah, mash those together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, then. What a description. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. We'll see when it comes out what it's like. It looks like it's going to be fun. Trailer shows basically nothing. like an arena, sh- arena shooter, except the one downside to it is that it doesn't look like Nerf whatsoever mm-hmm. because if you watch one of the shoot one of the trailers it looks like you're getting shot with like a laser or something like there's not like the i don't know like let's say a paintball in quote and air quotes kind of appeal where it's like oh you get shot once and you're out it looks like it's just a shooter but your guns are modeled after nerf guns Right, like the Which arena so should, cool. should be littered with nerf bullets like you should just it, be yeah, exactly. walking around in piles of foam yeah, eventually progressively getting slower because it's harder <laughs> to walk through the darts as they're now knee high. Oh man, Michelle, this master together was developed by East Asia Soft and Radalika. I know. I'm gonna and Kind Cat Games. And yeah, I don't know them. And it's twenty six megs. Oh dear God. <laughs> That's a different game. We don't talk about that one. Wait, 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 wait. This game already sucks. I haven't even seen gameplay of it. You don't need to. Help a sugar-free marshmallow. <laughs> Who eats sugar-free marshmallows? They're disgusting. They have um, gluten-free. I didn't even know that was a thing. Gelatinous. Why would you have a sugar-free marshmallow? What it really means is the developer only came up with a white rectangle, and a marshmallow is <laughs> vaguely rectangular enough, so we've got a marshmallow. Then make it a real marshmallow, not the sugar-free crap. <laughs> All right, well, that's my hill to die on tonight. Maybe that's the DLC. <laughs> Speaking of crap, uh, contests. Wait a minute. Contests are good. Never mind. And they say my segues <laughs> are bad. It was crappy. <laughs> All right, Nate, tell us about the Gamer Tag Challenge. Yes, the Gamer Tag Challenge for this month is Mental Knight 5, his wild card. Is uh, any new achievement or previous completion by developer Fulbright? Uh, and that will be the game's Gone Home console edition and Tacoma. And his bonus is Baby Gamer achievements in games geared towards elementary school age. If you're not familiar with the Gamer Tag <laughs> Challenge, it's a contest where we uh, try to earn achievements in games and spell out the Gamer Tag with the first letter of that game. Uh, if you have any questions or want to read up about it, go to the channel in the Discord. Now, now Nate, I, I have a question. Yes. Would a game featuring a sugar-free marshmallow be a game geared toward an elementary school-aged person? Well, I am pretty sure they don't like sugar-free stuff. So, I mean, Aww. it's practically a vegetable. <laughs> I don't think... And so. vegetables taste like sad. I don't know. I think there's one of those plaque failure games. Probably not. I see lots of spikes. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to Brag Camp. No! So, what? You forgot, like, the biggest contest that just started. Oh, uh, yeah, g Oh, that thing. Well, why don't you talk about it? I don't it? want to talk about it. Fine, I will. I don't want to talk about it. Fine, I'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. All right. Someone briefly. who's and just like that, L someone who's written Michelle and many talking about articles the, about the it on TA This is this is going to be brief. The Great True Achievement Score Challenge has once again launched. It is back in a six-month format once again. Teams of three compete to have the most TAD during a week, or at least enough TAD to be over the elimination line. It is week one, which means the elimination line will be about three true achievement difference. So (laughs) 
We have a room in Discord if you're interested in talking about GTask and sharing GTask strategies. Join us in the TA GTask room on the Discord server. So there, that's GTask. Wow, are you in GTask, Nate? I mean, officially, yeah. If you go look at the thing, I'm there, and I'm, I haven't been knocked out yet. It's day two. Are you on a team? Uh, I am on a team. I am. And oh, who's so. on your team? Who's on your team, and what's your uh, team name? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Let me go look that up. <laughs> While Nate looks up his team, and we're not going to ask Kenny because he doesn't participate in fun things. I if you could not care less about your achievement <laughs> contest. If you have a team that is participating, for the most part, it's going to be on our friends lists because we're all friends with each other here. But if something special happens with your team or interesting and there's an anecdote you want to share, let us know. Tag us. Share your story. It's something we may bring up on the podcast during the G-Task portion of it. As in previous years, I'm sure we will read the list of people who got bounced every week and we'll root on the, the community members who make it far into the contest once we get to that point. Yeah, so I just clicked on the follow all teams tab, which basically follows all your friends' teams. Yep. I got to say, I'm very disappointed in a lot of these team names. Some people didn't even pick team names. I see. Well, I picked the team name. I see Team Wheezy uh, Fuzz, Team Mike Pitch. What's wrong with you people? Pick a freaking team name. Well, it's half the fun. Yeah, pick a team name. Let me, let me do my for Koosh, so uh, let's, let's so I'm, you know, I'm not too proud to say that uh, I know Mattism, my good friend. He's on my team. I knew that. I knew that because I asked him. Um, and the other person is a soon-to-be friend uh, who I do not know. Uh, Nom stuff. Oh, okay. So they apparently like to eat good things. So um, uh, Nom stuff's a good guy. He's been around. So I should mention yeah, something. Oh, do you know? Around. You know yeah. Nom yeah. stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I will reach out to Nom stuff and I will invite them. Oh my gosh, they're a ponder. Wait, no. Uh, <sighs> Wait, what? I should know that there's a you. There's a you. He's, he's yeah, a oh, Ponder. Yes. Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to introduce him to the Discord. Um, yeah, and our team name yeah. is uh, one that I picked with uh, no input from anyone else. So it's my fault and no one else's. Oddly numbered gamer scorers. Oh, nice. I like that. Nice. Because we're three. There you go. We're three what? People. Oh. <laughs> gamer scorers. <laughs> Gamer scorers. L, L was clearly setting all this up to talk about our team. So why don't you uh, talk about who's our third and our team name? Wait, we're on the same team? Allegedly. Not by her choice. I don't remember. Uh, yes, of course, our third member this year is someone a little different. It is Death Dealers. So I wow. have not one but two Still women on the team straw. that want to kill me at, at any given time. Um, our team name is the, um, <laughs> the truck driver, the librarian and the grammar policeman. So that is our team name. And nice. our chat room <laughs> is called two bitches and a librarian. I'll let you figure that one out, which we were going to make our team right, name, then. but weren't sure that one would be appropriate because no one wants to hear about librarians. Michelle's giving me evil eyes already, see? <laughs> Unreal. And we plan on going really far, like maybe, like I don't know, week two. Yep. Maybe Christmas, if we're, if we're 
We're really ready, shooting for the stars. We're ready under the so line. So how long do you have to go to get the stupid badge? There uh, is no, no badge. There is no stupid badge. This is for, there's no badge. What? This is just for fun. There is, however, a counter that goes up in your community games, but there's no badge. People complained that because it's a competitive contest, it means that you are not guaranteed a way to get there. You could be eliminated by forces outside of your own ability to play. So yep. they decided not to issue a community badge this year. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> number one, get. Number two, good. And that will solve that. And You the, know what's good? At the time of recording, a Rutarik is number three, an individual with 7,563 TA difference. What are you doing? There's always someone that does that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a bit of a brag. Oh, oh. oh. Let's see. Well, is there any other brags? Go to summer camp. <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about brag camp. This is everyone's favorite part of the show because they get to hear their names. In completions, we have Casual Exile with 650 completions. Red 047 has 750 completions. And Noth is at 950 completed games. In ratio, <clears throat> Koosh Moose has reached a new milestone. The TA ratio is 1.7. <laughs> uh, I don't pick these things. They apparently, just happen to happen. Apparently, so. Koosh Moose is playing difficult games. Apparently. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 is just inflated right now. Hey, unpacking Ouch. has a 1.7 ratio. It's like quite at that line. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Possibly. I pay no attention to these things. In streaks, <laughs> Unky Tim Fu is currently on a five-year achievement win streak. Good job. Well done. We then nice. have a... F- well, I'm not going to watch my words. We have four people who currently have a 100-day achievement win streak. They are Wild West 08, Redemption Denied, What the Fug, and Dunkos. Eldritch SS, that seems like a new game to gamer tag to uh, Brad Camp. 450 days. Sincere Seeker 6, not new. I love saying it. 600 day achievement win streak. And Elroy OMJ has Meh. a 1,550 day achievement win streak. Uh, Magical Mars has reached 100,000 gamer score. Fist Roboto has reached two foofs. Of 200,000 gamer score. Sir Polygon has reached three and a half foofs of 350,000 gamer score. Mr. Gompers, five foofs. And what the? Lord of of Dookie. It is late. I can't read. Lord of Dookie has reached (laughs) nine and a half foofs. Say his full name, sir. Thanks for that. That's appreciated. You, it's like say, saying say his, his first name. name. It's like saying Bob got it. Bob who? Right. <laughs> Which Lord of yeah, Dookie th- got this this milestone? Those spaces are very helpful, just like commas. You're welcome. Kenny, read his name again. <laughs> okay, fine. Lord of Dookie 69. There we there go. We go. <laughs> has got nine and a half foofs. Very nice. Oh, it's my turn. Thanks for asking. Um, Death Dealers is now in the top 1,000 of the Ohio Gamer Score leaderboard for action RPGs, which is not really that impressive, but she threatened to kill me if I didn't rate it. Fallon Serrano is now in the top 200 of the England TA leaderboard for Open World. Jimbot, huh? I haven't seen his name in a while. Jimbot69 is now in the top 100 of the Games Played leaderboard. Mattism 
should pick him as a partner, Nate. He's pretty good. Is now in the top five of the Oklahoma Tea leaderboard for Hack and Slosh. The Alpha Seagulls in the top 1,000 of the New York Gamer Score leaderboard for role-playing. Yeah, New York. And Vulgar Latin is now in the top 500 of the Games Played leaderboard. Uh, which, of course, he's diving every game known to man that he hit his $1,000 uh, goal for Extra Life. He actually went up with, what, 1600 plus? Mm-hmm. Yep. Woot. Woot. Smashed That's it. The, Maybe he'll come talk about it. That's awesome. I don't listen to the podcast. Have all. we mentioned that yet? No, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in Braggs, we have Waka Pale is number one in Achievements 1 leaderboard for Battle Royale, which is Dang. amazing. Go Waka. And of course, uh, he used, uh, uh, I think Forza Horizon 5 gets the Battle Royale designation, so <laughs> he can cheat his way to Achievements 1. And um, Nigo Montoya... Otherwise known as Fezzik 80, is um, <laughs> just hit 99% completion percentage because wow. he's a loser. Whoa. No, because he's really That's focused amazing. at games. Dang. And he put it in the Brag Camp channel and he circled it in, <laughs> in great Photoshopping ways. Microsoft Paint probably. Well, you can't get much better than Microsoft Paint. Microsoft Paint is the best. So congratulations. If you have a worthwhile brag, make sure to tag me. I'm pretty sure Corey tagged me with something at some point, but I forgot what he said. Oh, well. He should have been here. And and just to, right. to go one more time, scroll, again, scroll. big congratulations to... Devin for all of his work with Extra Life for staying up the 24 hours for playing all those games for raising the $1,600 for eating the hot chip that I think oh, Kenny now geez. has to eat one too for yeah. getting Corey <laughs> to be obligated to watch The Princess Bride thank you everyone who donated from the community to help Devin with his goal that the fundraising efforts for Extra Life are so so important to get these kids some respite from everything they're dealing with and that was just amazing work. So again, big, big, big congratulations to Devin. That was a job well done. And to other community member, OM Jesus, who did a 21 and a half hour connect marathon for her Extra Life uh, campaign this year. So good job to both of you. And thank you for all you did. Who did you shout out? OM Jesus. Yeah, she did. Uh... She was supposed to do 24 straight hours of connect, but she only did 21. She wanted to slack her. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I jumped in on her uh, Fruit Ninja stream, and I told her she could use two hands. She was only using one. And I told her she could use her feet also. Because you're not supposed to play for achievements for that game. That one, you just go crazy and mm -hmm. destroy things. You can use your feet. I wasn't lying. Yeah! Oh, and right. Jesus. Well, that will do it for the, us on this show. Be sure to keep listening to all the extra content that is coming up. If you would like to support us or follow us, you can do that in multiple ways. We have a Twitch, twitch.com or twitch.tv slash H101. Send us a Twitter tweet on the Twitter at Achievements101. Join the Discord, discord.io slash age101. We're also on YouTube, Achievement Hunting 101. 
And if you can, we would greatly appreciate you by supporting us with your monies. Patreon.com slash Achievement Hunting 101. Our patrons are what keeps the show going. So we greatly appreciate all of them. And thank you for Michelle for stepping in on Corey's absence. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to record with you guys. Always got to make sure there's a girl on the sh- on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I just oh, figured out what you did there. I am Easy not shot. a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And with that, see you next week. Oh, bye-bye. Class dismissed. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to another spooky Thanksgiving VCCW uh, roundup wrap-up uh, thingamajig. Intro done. Chewy is here as well. Say hello, Chewy. So I'm Vulgar Latin. Let's do this. What did we do in October? We did spooky games. How'd that go? Uh, it went really well, actually. Um, we did this. This is was is one of our rare kind of redos uh, from last year. Uh, most of the things we've done this year have been fresh and new and, and shiny, but we have brought back a few things from the dead, uh, so to speak. Uh. Uh, uh, so last year we did it as well, and we we had a list of games that were horror adjacent shall we say so survival horror action horror and anything that had a horror or spooky kind of vibe about it thematically appropriate games and we had a massive list and it was an even bigger list this year i think we had over 500 games in that list and anyone who earned any achievements in those games would be tracked uh we were mainly tracking gamer score but actually i did track pretty much everything else because now i can with the magic of spreadsheets Yay! <laughs> uh, no surprise. Uh, who won? Uh, was it Mental Knight? It was Mental Knight. Yeah. It was Mental Knight. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mental Knight actually and Inferno were both way, way out in front. They played tens of games. Uh, in the tens. In the tens. Yes. Many tens of games. Uh, Inferno played 50. Mental Knight played 46 from the list. So it is a lot. I would actually point out that we never did claim a thing that we were doing for you were just kind of like yeah we're playing spooky games just go for it and in that regard mental did get the most gamer score and completions dental did get the most completions but inferno pretty much took everything else yeah absolutely yeah, yeah mental got uh, almost thirty thousand five hundred gamer score and inferno just just missed out on thirty thousand he got twenty nine 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 uh, but yeah, like you say, uh, he got more TA, more TAD, more achievements won, and he played more games. The only person who played more, looking at this, is Chesno. Yes, a uh, special shout out to Chesno, who uh, going into the month wanted to try and play 100, but I think uh, some personal stuff meant he couldn't hit that goal. Uh, but 70 games played is pretty impressive. Although maybe not so impressive is the fact that he managed to play 70 games, but only got, what, like tenth on the leaderboard, something like that. Uh, less, because he's. Uh, I'd say that's fifteen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty-one. He got fifteenth on the leaderboard. Uh, so he he started seventy games, <laughs> pretty much.
Uh, we had other people in the top 10. So Dude with Face, Toby Lynn, uh, Chewy. Great job, Chewy. Waka Pale. Uh, you all put in between 8 and 14,000 gamer score. Uh, Arutrek, Saving the Rothschild, uh, me, and Jimbot were the rest of the top 10. And I think mine was just all uh, stuff we'll get into right now. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed doing this. Uh, I'm a particular fan of horror spooky games, uh, so I like a good excuse to play them. And, I, you know, I went through and I did a bunch of stuff. Made a start on Resident Evil 7, which made me poo in my little pants. And It's spooky. It is, it is pretty intense, that opening, uh, those opening yes. sessions in particular. Yeah, I did like things like Distraint, the Distraint games, uh, a couple of Stranga things. Uh, Layers of Fear as well, one of the Bloober games. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, and Retro Chief got in 11th, uh, and he did all of the Walking Dead Definitive series in a month. The whole is... thing. Is that the 1K one? Yeah, the, the Definitive is the 1K. Yeah, that one's... Ugh. So Ugh. he played all of the Walking Deads for 1,000 game score in one month. That's dedication. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, one series in particular uh, held a bunch of people's attentions for the month, and that is because uh, Rocker Dude issued a challenge to the community to play as much Bioshock as possible. Yeah, he had never played them uh, before, and uh, some would say he hasn't played them now. <laughs> but some people really took off with the idea. What do you mean, some people? <laughs> some people, you know, folks. So Inferno did the most in uh, of all of us getting the most achievements in Bioshock games. Uh, and then me. Uh, I also did, we both did well over 100. I think he edged me out by over 10. Eliflet had almost 100, and uh, Hawkeye Berry and Toby Lin uh, round out the top five. So I did almost all. I had one achievement in the Bioshock remaster, so I completed it. Uh, I beat the story and then Minerva's Den in Bioshock 2. Uh, the remaster for that, I did Minerva's Den and some of the multiplayer mm. in Bioshock 2 for the 360 and completed Burial at Sea. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I only did... I, I've already done the first Bioshock. I've done most of two, including the multiplayer, and I've done most of three, uh, including the Burial at Sea DLCs. So I didn't have a huge amount to go on, but I did do Minerva's Den finally in two, uh, which I really enjoyed. So I'm glad. Only seven achievements, but I'm glad uh, the event made me go back to it. It's good stuff, yeah. And how did, how did our host of the event uh, do, out of curiosity? Oh, you know... He, he managed to get six with 13 achievements uh, by getting to Peach Wilkins in Neptune's Bounty, which is, uh, you said you think it's a quarter of the way through I think the game. I, yeah, I had this, to look. Yeah, it's about a quarter of the way. It's around. the third area. So there's a tutorial area, there's the medical ward, and mm -hmm. then there's Neptune's Bounty. And he did Neptune's Bounty. So he barely played it. But, you know, and a lot of people played the multiplayer for two, uh, and we had a whole group and a channel for it. Uh, and they're nearing the completion for that multiplayer now, uh, mm. and I managed to, I managed to complete it after the the whole thing. So I did it, I did it here after the month was over. So I, <laughs> I didn't give up on you, Bioshock. And uh, we also noticed that Prue completed Bioshock one 14 years after starting it. So good job, Prue. Yeah, that's uh, that's really coming back from the dead on that one. Uh, I think I think he'd done pretty much everything except for like brass balls, basically. So he came back to 
to do that. Yeah, so, I mean, ragging on Rocker Dude aside for his complete lack of <laughs> involvement, just personal involvement, uh, it was actually a really <laughs> cool uh, thing and a lot of people rallied around and uh, it was really great to see everyone getting involved with the multiplayer uh, through the community and uh, knocking out so many achievements. So, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, the other big thing uh, that we did was Chewy going a little uh, <laughs> on the deep end. Talking in the third person. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so much effort. Um, so last year we did uh, a zombie-themed event, uh, which was uh, very popular, uh, which involved a small group of zombies at the beginning of the month, uh, which grew over the course of the month into a horde. Uh, as people were eaten, uh, killed and eaten, uh, and then everyone who was surviving had to try and uh, escape from the horde by uh, outscoring them, basically, scoring more than the average score of the entire zombie horde. Anyone who didn't would die. Uh, it was a very popular event, um, and so I thought we could kind of do a redo of that, but I like to keep things fresh. And it kind of the idea struck me actually a few months ago when uh, one of our community members ace there was a, a joke between him and noth um and ace's uh, text name ended up upside down and we made jokes about him being in the upside down uh, which kind of sparked an idea in my head that hey why don't we make the community event for october stranger things themed uh, quite a few people who are fans of the show it's uh, thematically appropriate for october uh, so then i designed the most overly complex uh thing that i could possibly have come up with but it kind of worked out i think it was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was fun it was engaging it was interesting so what we had was we had um some basically like metal gear style radio codec uh calls from sheriff hopper uh, one of the characters from Stranger Things, he turned up and told everyone that we needed to form a rescue squad to rescue Ace from the Upside Down, who'd been missing for a few months there. So for the first few weeks of the month, the first couple of weeks of the month, uh, people thought that what they were doing was scoring to be chosen for the rescue squad. But along the way, people were being constantly taken to the Upside Down by the uh, series' uh, kind of main baddie, the first series at least, the Demigorgon. So anyone who actually scored zero uh, in each of the three-day periods would be taken to the Upside Down as well. But in the background, secretly, we had a, a little side game going on. Uh, anyone who's seen subsequent series of The Stranger Things will know that there's kind of a big bad uh, creature called the Mind Flayer. It's not really a spoiler. He's he's there from the beginning, and he can control people with their uh, by taking over their mind, basically flaying them. Uh, if you've seen anything like the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing, um, those are kind of big uh, reference points for the for the series. Uh, so what we had was we had the top five goal getter scorers at the po at that point of the year who were Mental Knight. Uh, yourself, Mr. Velgalatin, Jim Bot, <laughs> Mike Pitch, and Lego Head, who were all started the month as flayed. And what they could do was every three days target people in the community in secret without those people knowing. And if they could score more TAD than them, uh, they would be flayed. 
those people that they targeted. Uh, and then those people could then join the ranks of the flayed and then target other people and so on and so on until the flayed would kind of be slowly growing as a secret army in the background. So kind of similar to the zombie horde, except no one knew it existed apart from those people themselves. So kind of a, a social deception among us kind of vibe going on or Project Winter, if anyone's played that too. So the first half of the month was all about the flayed secretly growing in numbers uh, while people were also be taken to the upside down. And we went from five to 58 people flayed uh, by the time uh, that they could stop doing that, which uh, was bigger numbers than I was actually accounting for because you were very effective in your flaying. Never missed a flay. <laughs> I, I had them in my sights. Yeah. Uh, and it was great and we had a secret channel where we could discuss who our targets were and I could explain the rules about 10 different ways because it was very complicated um, and, and, and every time you would you would play somebody people what what's going what on what is this how does it work what happened what's happening? Yeah. And, and obviously as the, as, the, as, as things were progressing new things were coming in and new rules and changes because it was always adapting and growing uh, so it was kind of hard for everyone to keep track on so I appreciate the people who did but eventually about halfway through the month uh, Sheriff Hopper chose the top five uh, non-flayed survivors uh, who were Inigo Montoya, Grey Shark, Dan PSFX, Magic Monkey, and Raw Source Ross. And those people were sent as a rescue squad into the Upside Down. And while they were there for the rest of the month, uh, with Steve from Stranger Things as well, uh, who communicated to us uh, again through the codec, their collective TAD scoring allowed them to rescue anyone who had been stuck in the Upside Down. Uh, people could also rescue themselves if they themselves scored uh while they were there and at that point we revealed the flayed to the rest of the community and anyone who was uh, a survivor could then choose to test uh, and this is where the kind of references to uh, things like the thing came in uh, if anyone remembers the test uh, scene in the thing the famous one where they do the blood tests this is what i was kind of trying to recreate here in the community so they could uh, choose to target someone and say i want to test this person and they could test whether they were a human or would reveal them as flayed. Uh, and again, that was about scoring more TAD. And with the flaying and the testing, people could group up so you could increase your chances. The idea was that if people really thought that, oh, Volga, he's a baddie, he's definitely a baddie, they could rally support and get like five or six people to, to pin you down and test you. Unfortunately, <laughs> most of the most active people in the community at this point were already flayed there was only targeted there was only a yeah. few human survivors who were who i would say are kind of active participants so it was kind of hard to drum up that support so i actually had to get the flayed to kind of fake test and and it was it was part of the strategy was to to kind of as a flayed to make it seem like you were human to get involved in the testing because otherwise people would think that there was something shady going on uh, but we had to kind of push that to the limits a little bit and a few of you actually ended up revealing each other just by virtue of the fact that you you had to kind of keep the ball yeah. rolling but it was fine it was cool so by the end of the month by the end of the month basically we had the whole community uh, which is you know over 100 people um, split up into different groups we had flayed who was still working in secret flayed who had been discovered through testing and subdued survivors who had been tested and proven that they were human survivors who were still out there in the wild who people didn't know if they were human or not 
people who were in the Upside Down and had been rescued and people who were stuck in the Upside Down and hadn't been rescued and finally all the dead people, the people who had died in the Upside Down. <laughs> and we basically split up the whole community into these different groups. And at that point, Sheriff Hopper, the big twist came out that a few people had kind of seen telegraphed and there'd been hints along the way that he had been flayed the whole time. The whole thing had been a ruse to send the strongest people in the community into the Upside Down so that the remaining people would be the, the weaker uh, people who could be then flayed. It was it was a big reveal, a big moment. And he, at that point, then released everyone who had been proven as flayed, uh, who were about, uh, I can't remember how many it was, about 20 so people at that point. Uh, and they all melted together into a creature who went on a killing spree. Uh, anyone who wasn't proven as human at that point was was uh, vulnerable and could be killed by that monster. Uh, but the proven humans could actually then fight against it. Uh, and again, this is all based on TAD scoring uh, that I was tracking. Just in time for GTS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people died um, at that point, um, but they did manage to kill uh, the creature, which meant that that creature then wasn't part of the final battle, which I think would have probably tipped the odds into the flayed's favor. Uh, meanwhile, the people in the in the upside down uh, were able to help as well by trying to sever the connection between the mind flayer and the flayed. Uh, doing so would have weakened the flayed again in the final battle. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to do that, but most of them did manage to escape from the upside down. So all of that, all of that complexity led into a final battle where all of those different factions were whittled down into basically two, the survivors and the flayed. And everyone else was dead. Uh, we had 38 survivors and 39 flayed by that point. So actually, despite everything, it ended up being a really kind of balanced thing. And we had kind of high scores on each team. So it wasn't like there was it was it was a foregone conclusion one way or the other. Everything was based on TAD in that final battle. And we had people like Icefire, Yinger Garden, Prue, Mental Knight and Inferno on the flayed side, all putting in really big numbers. But uh, the survivors actually really rallied together at this point, which was nice to see. And we had MDP, Dave Bodum, Ace and Freakurio, who, who had been rescued from the Upside Down, all putting out really big numbers, thousands of TAD in the last three days of the month. But it was Redemption Denied uh, who had put together a massive 7,000 TAD over three days to tip the score in the survivors' favour, allowing them to finally claim the win and destroy the flayed. Or did they? Or did they? Well, I did have... So I had four different... <laughs> so, super complex. Four different possible endings for the storyline. Uh, the one we ended up getting was that, yes, the survivors did kill the flayed, but because the rescue squad was unable to sever that mind flayer link, uh, it wasn't destroyed, which meant that Sheriff Hopper still remained flayed and managed to escape to flay another day. So they got the, not the good, good ending, <laughs> the best ending. They got the kind of semi-good ending. Uh, depends on who you asked. Yeah. Ending B, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The 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 not as good ending. Yeah. Not the the not the uh I guess they call it the best ending. Yeah. If it was a, and they definitely didn't unlock the UFO ending. Yes. That would have been that would have been good. 
no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed being part of the flayed uh, and just the the subterfuge that yes. was involved. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get was was this kind of social deception element because I know a lot of people really like Among Us uh, and games like that and games like Project Winter and I kind of was trying to replicate that alongside a kind of zombie style uh, event as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was complex and difficult to follow, yeah. but kind of fun. It, it 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 was really fun and uh yeah, we'll see what we do next year in October. That seems oh, to be a, a oh, good yeah. I, 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 I keep, I'm going to keep it simple. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Zombies 2. Yes. Zombies 2. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires. Something. Vampires v werewolves. Okay, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh Star Wars 2. Uh, yeah, uh, so that was uh, that was the month that was uh, October. That was a pretty good, pretty good month. But there's there's more stuff uh, brewing for November. Uh, it's a little too late for people to enter uh, for November, but we have two tournaments. So we have the King of the Red Ring and the Dusty Games Classic. Uh, both are 360 uh, gamer score tournaments. Single elimination. We've already completed round one. Uh, if you check the pins on the VCCW channel, you can see the brackets. Uh, and you can actually see that some people even submitted predictions from the website that we have there uh, on it. So each matchup is a week. They go, uh, well, Monday to Monday, but it's UTC. So for me, it's Sunday to Sunday. Whoever gets the most gamer score moves on until uh, one person and one team uh, is crowned. Uh, and you get multipliers for lower gamer score games so like arcade games and things you get uh we've evened those out so they're the same as a full retail release like they are in the one uh and you get a multiplier if it's not backwards compatible it's uh it's pretty good I- i've been having a lot of fun doing that so far yeah yeah, it, yeah so this one is another kind of a redo a do-over of, of the one we did last year and uh there hasn't been a huge amount of changes to this one because it kind of just really worked last year i'd say it kind of nailed it i i thought (laughs) yeah so we just we just copied and pasted it um and uh just the you know i i would i've got to be honest i was skeptical i thought everyone's going to be thinking about gtask coming up uh we've just had big stuff going on no one wants to play 360 anymore you know what's the point uh, but then you kind of were like, hey, guys, do you want to play some 360 into a tournament? And the amount of support uh, that came out of that was was really heartening. Uh, and we've got, how was it, like 30, it's over 32, right? It's, yeah, 37 uh, people submitted to be in the solo side. And then we had a perfect 32 mm. um, for that, or 32 individuals in the tag team, so 16 teams, which mm. means that by the end of the month, the tag team will be over, but the solo has to go one more week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because of the unevenness, I had to make some of the matches triple threat. So those are over, but that's why the bracket looks like it does if you look at it. Um, yeah, and uh, again, I was like, well, I bet the scoring is not going to be huge. <laughs> but uh, some people are <laughs> some people are really pulling it out there. I So I was in a team and solo, and I have managed to, despite my best efforts, uh, lose on both of those uh, because people are pulling out big scoring and and really getting involved so it's great my tech team got eliminated because fug raided his local library and uh found a whole bunch of 360 games so yeah the scores on this uh were huge 
yeah, who knew there was so much 360 stuff out there that people just didn't do? Well, exactly. Yeah, I was really surprised by the amount of uh, fighting vipers that got done. And I was like, yeah. didn't people do that like 10 years ago when it was like the, it, the quickest completion on the 360 at the time? The Yeah, my feed is, uh, is a whole lot of what year is it seeing like Sonic the Fighters come up. So. <laughs> Yeah I, yeah, I thought I had my solo one in the bag, uh, and then I noticed that Hatton was playing Harm's Way, and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, how have you not done Harm's Way? <laughs> yep, so Harm's Way is, uh, yeah, that one ends up being like 800 points. That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ended up doing Jackbox Party Pack for the 360. Hoo-hoo. Mm. So, always something you you didn't even think of, so kind of crazy to think about that's pretty much it for november uh the king of the red rings keeping everybody pretty busy along with gtas uh but the year-long stuff is still going uh why don't you tell us about our many c's challenge <laughs> yeah so the ccc cccc uh chesno's crazy completion challenge of the ccc uh is still going strong um that is your started games for the year taken away from your completed games for the year so hopefully you end up with a positive uh, highest <laughs> number wins uh, and uh, you know the first uh, half of the month of the year there was quite a lot of uh, moving around and shaking about and then the bean dives also knocked a bunch of stuff down from uh, the higher place to the bottom of the table um but in the last couple of months, there has not been a huge amount of movement. Uh, and Jester in particular just is holding on strong in that top spot. He isn't, you know, being lured with all these contests to start a whole bunch of new games like some people, <coughs> Chesno, um, which uh, ironically is his challenge. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> it happens. Out. Whoever issues the challenge ends up doing worse than the challenge. That's like a rule here. It is. Like, uh, the same happened to Rocker. Chesno's Law. Let's call it that. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, so Stan, it's Toastar Venom, and AOJ uh, still at the top there. Not a huge amount of movement at the top. Uh, at the bottom as well, Dude with the Face remains way, way, way at the bottom there. And you continue to clamber down to join him. I will meet him and then exceed him at the bottom. And why would that be? Uh, well, Extra Life, uh, at the time of this recording, that was last Saturday, uh, I hit the goal. Uh, well, we all did. Uh, but my goal was $1,000, uh, and I would dive everything I have access to. Uh, we did $1,606 uh, for me. Like that, I raised that uh, with all of your help, and I appreciate that immensely. But that also means I have to dive literally everything. So, you know, maybe next year, though. I'll uh, I'll come out on top if we do this again, because I'll just go back and complete all the stuff you made me dive. So I think what am I right down like negative two hundred and some. So it'll go. I I if I if everything goes right, I'll be at like negative six hundred. It'll be intense. That is absolutely crazy. What would you what would you estimate your completion percentage would be at that point? So I started out at just about sixty percent, and I've just now broke fifth. I'm at forty nine percent, like forty nine point nine. So I'm thinking that I will end up maybe 30%. Wow. Because I've, I've done 300 games thus far. Mm-hmm. For, I did it right when I received my first donation. Um, and so I'm at 300 games dove. And like I have 1,600 games on my tag right now. So 
Yeah, my it was pretty good. It the the percentage was great, and uh, now it's now it is ruined. And we we all did it together. We ruined well, it as a team. And, and what a what an amazing thing to be doing it for, and what a great uh, target to have reached. I think um, it's uh, it's so fantastic. I am through the moon. Uh, yeah, it uh, helped at Omaha Children's Hospital, which is a you know it's a cause that means a great deal to me. Uh, and as much as I might play up the fact that oh it's terrible I'll dive all these games now nah, you know it's more important to me that uh, you know the charity uh, you know we did good for charity and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it and yeah I, I now got to think of what we're doing for next year because we got to go bigger there's ideas things are in motion also in motion is the year of the assassin. Well, it's kind of ground to a little bit of a halt. Uh, we, we mentioned last month and the month before we've had a few slower months. And uh, I think people are winding down for the year and kind of focusing on other things. Um, but, but we really need those two last completions. Uh, yes. Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia and Valhalla. And uh, we've we've had a few words with Lego Head, who's probably the closest for Russia, and Wheezy Fuzz, who is just three achievements away from completing the base game in Valhalla, which is all that we need from that. Uh, and they have committed themselves. So hopefully by the end of December, we will have the series completion. Uh, but but people did do some stuff this month, uh, this last month. Uh, so Kushmus and Skeptical Mario both finally finished off the multiplayer for Black Flag, which gave them the full completion in that game. Uh, Terratanium also did the multiplayer for Brotherhood, so he got the completion in that. And Neo, who uh, I don't know if you remember, had been blasting through the stacks of Liberation and 3, has now yes. moved on to Black Flag on the 360 and just finished the story for that as well. Oh, so he, he's he's still he, pushing ahead. Is he going to do the stacks for both of those as well? Just I'm not do... sure if he's done the stack of that. Uh, I am... I'm, I'm, Again, I'm doing a lot of tracking on this, so I'm, I'm gathering a lot of stats so that by the end of the year, I can do a big Year of the Assassin's stats dump and we can see uh, and we can name and shame some of the people who signed up and have <laughs> done literally nothing. I will, I will shout out that one person who signed up still has never unlocked an achievement in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's something. <laughs> but but actually there's been a huge amount of you know progress uh we've got loads and loads of completions loads and loads of stories done loads and loads of dlc uh so people have definitely been pressing through the series uh which is great awesome and the final year-long one is Golgetter, and unsurprisingly after all the chat we've just had uh mental uh has uh, won the month again uh in Golgetter. But um, a new name on the table who we haven't seen this high up so far is Matism, who had a very, very strong month. Uh, he did some really big scoring and held a impressive 2.36 ratio for the month, uh, which gave him the second place. Uh, and then MVP, Volga and Ahizo uh, round up that top five. You also had a really good uh, ratio for the month, didn't you? I Yeah, I never have this good of a ratio for the month. Uh, that was nuts. I ended up with a 2.2. That's the best I've ever done. So is that because of Bioshock? No. Well, Bioshock 1 is actually a 2 ratio, the remaster. I can't explain why, but it's mostly because of Quake. Because I did Quake, and that's a 5 ratio, but it's an easy 5 ratio. 
Uh, and I did tabs as well. Totally accurate battle simulator. And like blood roots. I did a lot of stuff trying to flay people. Um, mm, yes, the TAD flaying. Yeah, there's a few people on this list actually who I think were doing the same. Because I did a lot of T- like a lot of that, and then I didn't really go for the easy stuff. It, it helped out with that, but mm. yeah. so uh, those ranks actually don't make any difference to the top five for the entire year. We've still got Mental Vulgar, Jimbot MDP, and Mike Pitch in that top five. Unfortunately, Lego Head, who was in the top five a couple of months back, has has been slowly dropping down the table. Um, he's now in seventh place, uh, and I dropped out of the top ten entirely, uh, giving room for Alex to sneak into the bottom of the top ten there. Um, it's looking like uh, the top spots are well. I mean, Jimbot and MDP that could and Mike Pitch is actually pretty close in there as well. But mm. it, it's looking like I don't know. I feel pretty comfortable at this second place spot. Uh, I don't. I don't see that changing much i think it's pretty well locked and same with mental i'm not catching mental i don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) barring anything catastrophic yeah so if i look at the monthly scoring um the difference between the kind of top five on a month is about 10 15 points but for the year he's currently um 124 ahead yeah (laughs) so it would take it would take some work i think to pass him at this point it would take some work by a lot of people to beat him on multiple categories so that he would drop from the community. So yes. I, so what I'm saying He would saying have to is- disappear off the face of the planet and <laughs> yeah. his score and his score be annihilated from orbit in order for him to lose at this point. <laughs> he would have to go on an extended vacation for the rest of the year. And maybe with a tiny bit of magic I could catch catch him. But uh, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But a solid second uh, <laughs> is is still a very impressive feat, um, considering you have to, in order to do well in this, you have to have consistent high scoring in multiple categories each month of the year. And with all the contests and things that we do, that's not exactly easy. So No, definitely not. Anyway, and, and um, there's a lot of uh, popularity around these kind of things, so I think we'll be bringing back versions of them next year as well. Tweaking uh, maybe them. Maybe with a few tweaks. Yeah, tweaking them as, as necessary, but uh, some of these are a lot of fun. So, And uh, I'm not really involved with the tracking, but fairly easy to track. Uh, or stra- fairly straightforward. <clears throat> super easy at this point now. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've refined uh, and improved how we do things over the, over the years, so actually now we can... Can get quite a lot of data out of TA. Yeah, and uh, yeah, big big shout outs to the the people that do that, uh, Mario and and uh, Alex and people who are better in spreadsheets than me and Chewy, uh, Koosh. Uh, I I just learned how to do the percent function today in Excel, so I'm making progress. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't have bombshell. <laughs> And that is all we have time for today. Uh, Join us next month where we find out how the King of the Red Ring shook out uh, and what we have in store for December to round out 2021. All right. See you. Bye. Oh, yeah. Screws. Five. Can that be right?
That's what it says. Okay, what else? Eight plastic knobs, uh, I guess you would call them. What the are those for? It's just a chair. Oh well, I'm sure naked silhouette guy will walk me through it. There he is. So, on to assembly. Right. <clears throat> okay. Naked guy is... What is he doing? Has he got stomach cramps or what is he... Oh wait, okay, I get it. He doesn't get the instructions. And judging from his smile, he is extremely excited about calling the support line. Weirdly excited. Well, I'm sure I can manage. Thank you very much, naked silhouette guy. So, what's next here? Wait, what the hell? What is this? A large hadron collider? What is this? It's a frickin' chair. What the hell is that Z-shaped thing and the little wheel that moves in a counterclockwise... Okay, screw this. You let me down, naked silhouette guy. Hello. I'm Wakapale, and I've been infiltrating all kinds of places, murdering targets and attempting to avoid collateral damage, but sometimes ending up with dozens of dead security personnel. I thought the 2016 Hitman was supposed to be a reboot, but it retains the series' bizarre storyline of which you need to know nothing to enjoy the fun gameplay and scenarios. The base game, which is free, is more or less just a lengthy tutorial. The rest of the game was released in 6 episodes and a bonus mission pack, revisiting locations but offering different scenarios. Hitman is very different from other episodic games, as it does have an overarching plot, but nothing stops you from tackling the missions in any order you like. The protagonist, 47, is an assassin working for the International Contract Agency. This game does not directly address that he is the 47th clone from experiments supposed to create an elite killer army, nor does it matter, as 47 is devoid of emotion or any other motivation than completing his contracts. You are discouraged from harming anyone besides your targets, but it's very possible to complete your missions by going in guns blazing, even if it is not the best approach and won't allow you to get all the achievements. Hitman has 69 achievements worth 1360 game score and 3500 TA. The TA is lower than it should be as it uses the DLC formula rather than base game to calculate TA. The game is not very difficult, but like most stealth games it requires some patience. You will also have to play most missions around 10 times, ending your targets in a variety of different ways to get enough mastery points to finish each episode. 10 times might sound repetitive, but there is not much repetition as the game features a great opportunity system which you can follow to kill your target in unique, spectacular or stealthy ways. In contrast to the dark setting of playing as a contract assassin, there is plenty of humor in the game, mostly from NPC dialogue, behavior and the creative ways you can off your targets, such as dropping a toilet on them, ejecting them from a fighter jet indoors or shooting down their plane with an ancient cannon. The levels are sprawling, but not too large, and offers a multitude of ways to finish a mission. Most of them allow you to roam most of the level freely, but you often need to obtain disguises to wander through certain areas, often obtained by incapacitating an unfortunate NPC. 
accidentally walking into a forbidden area does not usually send the security into high alert. Most of the times they offer to escort you out of the area before they start shooting at you. You never have to play on a higher difficulty level to unlock any achievements, meaning you have unlimited saves and loads at your disposal, making it easy to reverse mistakes or failed plans. The stealth systems are quite solid, letting you know when you've entered a forbidden area, if anyone is suspicious of you, or which NPCs can see through your disguise. The possibility of using most things as weapons leads to ridiculous situations such as incapacitating witnesses by throwing soda cans at their heads. 47 has impeccable throwing aim, usually with better results than using firearms. One of your best tools are ordinary coins, which are extremely effective for distracting NPCs or luring them into an ambush. You have tons of special tools at your disposal, such as lockpicks, fiber wire, hacking devices, mines, explosive ducks, and the surprisingly useful coins. I started playing Hitman back in 2018 on an ordinary Xbox One and was instantly turned off by its very long load times, sometimes taking 90 seconds to load a level. The game loads significantly faster on the Series X, the load times are still noticeable, but a fraction of what they were on the original one. Being episodic, you only need episodes you are playing installed, which can save you some precious disk space. As most episodes will take you around 7 hours and hovering around 7 gigabytes each, it was nice installing and removing them as needed as I played through the game. There was also another significant drawback which made me put down the game. To unlock achievements, you have to be logged into the Hitman servers, despite the game being single player only. You might wonder why that's a problem, as the Xbox is almost always online, but the servers were down or went down multiple times when I tried to play the game, leading to me completing a few missions with no actual progress being made, having to retrace my steps at a later date. In other words, when the servers go down, every single achievement in Hitman will be discontinued. If you started Hitman back in the day, I highly recommend revisiting it on a series console. But if you haven't, I would urge you to stay away from the first installment, instead starting with Hitman 2, as it has the entirety of Hitman 1, including its achievements, as DLC. This pattern is repeated with Hitman 3, having everything in Hitman and Hitman 2 but it also offers retroactive unlocks from anything you did in Hitman 2, technically preloading Hitman 3 when earning achievements in Hitman 2. The Hitman game of the year edition is $60 for all of its DLC, which is not a bad price for around 40 hours of great content, but it has been on very deep discounts many times. Owning Hitman also grants access to its contents in Hitman 2 and 3, Honestly, figuring out the best way to get all the Hitman DLC is a real mess. I believe Kingsman wrote half a novel of how it worked a while back in the Discord. Just don't buy the individual episode packs in the store as they are priced at $400 each for some reason. I had a very good time going back to Hitman on a faster Xbox, which made the game significantly less frustrating as saving and loading were near instantaneous. I hope to get to Hitman 2, but it does not really lend itself to G-Tasked, which just started. Best of luck to all who entered. Have a nice day everyone!